You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. They come from the bowels of hell, guided by a master plan for complete domination of the earth. It arouses such emotion that the management has been forced to state positively no refunds. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the second episode of our Stephen King exploration on Deliberations of Doom. Uh, if you haven't checked out our first episode, we talk about, we apparently ramble on about uh, Montreal and uh, Dark Tower, and then we get into a couple of Stephen King movies. We're trying to talk about more uh, obscure, not obscure, but maybe underrated or forgotten Stephen King stuff, not the big ones. Lesser scene. Yeah, lesser scene. That's a good way to put it. Uh, we don't want to disparage them, at least not all of them. Um, Phil does. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't, let's, let's not make Phil the bad guy yet. Let him become the like bad guy. Like a Stephen guy. King like novel, Stephen he King. will emerge as the bad guy. My character arc, I'm just starting. I'm getting to the, I'm getting to the um, So worry. the last one we talked about, uh, Firestarter and Cujo, two, uh, I, I thought, kind of rad 80s Stephen King uh, movies. So um, we're going to move on. we got a lot to get through, so let's get to it right now. The next one up is, is it Silver Bullet? It's Silver, Silver Bullet. Bullet. No fucking around. And yeah. Bill seems to have something to say about this, so we're going to let him explain the plot of Silver Bullet. Okay. Um, yeah. Silver Bullet is a uh, werewolf tale based on a uh, book called Cycle of the Werewolf. Um, and it's about a, uh, a kid who's paralyzed in a wheelchair and his uncle who helps him do cool shit and drinks a lot of beer and, uh, wild you know, turkey. Uh, yeah, a, lot, a lot of wild turkey <laughs> and probably likes buffalo wings and shit like that. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and uh, people, ladies. yeah. And like, it's pretty much the end of school and the full moons come out and people start dying suddenly cause no one died before that for some reason. I don't know what happened, <laughs> especially when their entire premise is. It's the cycle of the werewolf. He's always a werewolf. He's just more a werewolf on the full moon. But yet, apparently, at the end of school, he just starts killing people. So there's a big, you know, plot hole right there. Um, <laughs> Don Coscarelli was originally supposed to direct it, and Whoa, he I had a uh, yeah. debate with uh, creative difference with uh, the Italian guy, the Dino De Laurentiis. Yeah, that guy. Uh, Versace. He got in trouble with Versace and uh, broke it off. And um, Gucci, Gucci, him and Gucci got in trouble. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it's fun. I like this movie only because it's nostalgic to me because I liked it when I was a kid. And I watched it again, and I'm like, man, a lot doesn't make sense. Like, mm. I mean, people start dying. Like, like uh, Corey Haim's best friend dies. Yeah. A day later, he's climbing out his window to pop fireworks in the woods. Your friend a just, day later. Okay, a week <laughs> later, whatever. You don't climb out and just, like, pop fireworks. Your friend was dismembered. Like, his head was, like, destroyed, and I don't know. Like, lots of things don't add up. And my thing is, too, werewolf movies are really fucking hard to do when your werewolf looks like shit. Well, that's actually one of the reasons why the original director quit, was they got into a big fight over what the werewolf suit was supposed to look they like. They spent three months on it. Yeah. And I it mean, looked it like, like a, a mask from a controversy. Yeah. Stephen King originally wanted a very subtle off-camera werewolf. That's what, that's what you know, that's what he asked for. And Dino De Laurentiis was like, mm-mm, no, we're going to do it this way. And then the original director, who they spent three months working on this werewolf suit, this was like, Cascarelli. here's our werewolf. Yeah. yeah. Who here's... directed Phantasm and Bubba Hotep. Yeah, 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 exactly. And Beastmaster. That's right. Beastmaster is my favorite. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so they, like, did, they, okay, here's our werewolf reveal, and Dino De Laurentiis hated it. And he was like, no. And so they ended up going, like, an impasse. 
And then the director was like, okay, fine, fuck you, and he quit. And then eventually, a couple months later, they hired another director, and yeah, then... Daniel Attias. Yeah. Who, who's who, a great director. Great yeah, TV director. He's a multiple Emmy Award winning TV director for lots of big guys. Good directed shows. True Detective but and this a whole is, bunch of other stuff. But this is the only oh, film wow. theatrical release he ever made. Yeah, he, he made the smart movie. He went right into TV. Yeah. And, and he works back. like a motherfucker. Oh, he works all the time yeah. and he's great. But th- this movie's highly flawed but fun. It's and, a fun movie. Um, I mean, is there any movie where Gary Busey is the, one of the top stars that oh you my God. can't give some point Did, to? This, this and Point Break are his two, like, best movies. As far as, like, totally agree no, as far as he's allowed they're, to... They're cornerstones of his Well, reputation. because, in all honesty, he's allowed to, like, improv. And you can tell in there, like, yes. the dinner scene, he knocks a, the guy's drink down, and then Corey Haim says a line, and he forgets to reply back, and then he goes to shake Corey Haim's hand, and Corey's not even paying attention, and he just keeps going with it, and it makes it feel so natural and believable f- that Gary is fucking amazing in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, and he wants... I want him to be my uncle. Let's... Uh, oh, yeah. Two. You gotta mention the Buddy Holly story because oh. that was... He was nominated for an Oscar. Cool. Oscar. He's, he's incredible Oscar nomination. in nomination movie. And then, unfortunately, later he got brain damage from, I believe, a, I know. a motorcycle, motorcycle accident. accident. And was never the same at all. And I would like to mention that he actually ad-libbed most of his lines in this movie. It is very obvious. Yeah. Um, but it's but, great. But he, yeah. did, he did two. Like, he did the straight-up screenplay lines and then he ad-libbed and the they went with the ad lib yeah, lines every single time. But he time. also made sure King was okay with it, which yeah. I love. Yeah. That he Stephen was King like, is the one who insisted yep. they use the ad lib version. Exactly right. Which I, I love that. There's no ego in that at all. It's no. like, is it cool? I appreciate you. And so, cool. but yeah, our, we have a buddy who is a who was a director of photography on a Gary Busey movie, and that is very much the way he works. He's very in the moment, making up stuff, or whatever. And he said, "I said, was that tough?" And he goes, "Yeah, but it feels like a movie when he does it." And I feel like this movie benefits from his sort of charisma, his personality, and his uh, like his improvisation. He's the most interesting thing in this movie. Sure. Oh, by, absolutely. By, as, as the, like, no good... It's a neat character. The, no good to the parents, but awesome uncle that but we all wish we had. He's a great character. Yeah. I think, yeah. like, you know, I think, like, that idea of what he is, is he adds a lot of the color and the spice to the He is a very movie. king, deeply flawed protagonist, but the difference between him and other kings, deeply flawed protagonists, is usually they're in the middle of regretting the way they were and coming out of that and afraid of coming back to it. He's the one guy who's like, no, I'm totally fine with that one. No, yeah. He, he is, <laughs> I'm and, a and drunk. I think, and, and I think also the movie emphasizes his love for his niece and nephew. Yeah. Uh, it, it overemphasizes almost like he just really loves them and he more importantly understands them in a way that he tries to explain to the parents, you guys don't understand them. I get them. Honestly. Yeah, go, no, go no, ahead. No. Honestly, I think it's his best performance since Surviving the Game, which I'm sorry, but Surviving the Game, he's amazing with in that ice movie. Tea? Wow. Yeah, with Somebody busted ice out tea. of Surviving the Game. Directed <laughs> by Ernest Dickerson. Yeah. No, you just pulled that knowledge what? out of the air? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Rucker Howard. Charles S. Dutton. Yeah, man. <laughs> Look, I don't know what you're doing, but pause this podcast and go watch Surviving the Game. Seriously, Surviving the Game. <laughs> and Gary Busey is like so passionate. He has that one like little speech he does he about does, the dog. And... He does go for it. He's good in that movie. But I think it shows. I feel like we when lost a great actor. And I think that's he's one of this movie's big strengths. Um, yeah. When the werewolf grabs a baseball bat, big not strength. Yeah. <laughs> like, why would a werewolf grab a baseball okay, bat so and then beat you with the it? The werewolf is a mess in this movie. Okay, there's everything uh, they do It's is terrible. A mess. There's a scene where they have like the vigilante justice. Wait, so do you like Silver Bullet? I it's a guilty am, pleasure. 
Yes, yeah, it's a I, I'm going to agree with Phil. It's, it's a guilty, guilty pleasure. Tolerance. Yeah. But there's this scene wow. with the vigilante justice. There's this this posse that goes out into the woods, and it's comical. It's so it's bad. Isn't it supposed to be it's comical? It's not. And actually, um, e- Ro- no like Roger Ebert was like, I don't know if I should take this movie seriously. He gave it such bad reviews. He's like, I don't know if I should take it seriously because I didn't know if it was a parody or not. I thought it was supposed to be... Like a satire. It's so goddamn broad. Absolutely. But that you're like, yeah, you are unsure watching it how seriously to take this film. But, and that's part of the problem, I think, is that, like, you're like, am I supposed to be laughing at this or horrified? Well, by during that? that vigilante scene, it was so stupid. I, mean, I think and the highlight, other than the Busey, that, Busey communicating yeah. with Corey Haynes sequences, which are always great, even though you're like, I mean, you think Patience's parents were irresponsible. <laughs> uh, like, like, you're like, he would have been arrested if this happened to No, man, it was the 80s. Yeah, that's, that's, the 80s. That's, that's how I don't that's agree that's with That's how people parented him. He built yeah. a kid a wheelchair that goes 40 miles an hour. That's how we did in the 80s. This shit passed a couple cars. But, but the, the, yeah, one's a werewolf with it, the, so the yeah, probably The highlight scene of this whole thing is a dream sequence during a church where everyone is, where, where Ed Hurley from Twin Peaks is, is playing, right. Big Ed is yeah. playing the priest who's hallucinating everyone in his church, including the dead body in the coffin there, I mean, the funeral for so, turns into a werewolf. That's the one sequence in this whole movie that's really pops, and the rest of it is just kind of flat. So mm. I, I am I'm just gonna put this out there. I hadn't seen this movie since I was like maybe nine or ten years old. I remember that scene till this day. Yeah. Just like in Maximum Overdrive, I remember when like the Coke cans hit the guy in the head. Yeah, it always freaks me. There's scenes that freak you out and it stick with you. I remember that scene and I remember him uh, hitting him the uh, werewolf in the eye with the rocket. Mm. And so at least it was memorable. There were scenes that were memorable. That's why I'm not going to hate on this totally. Because it did make an impact on me as a viewer. It has some, some, it has some imagery. Yeah, it has some staying yeah. power, for sure. Yeah. But, man, there's so many plot holes and loopholes, and the werewolf looks like shit. But, well, and when you've got American I mean, Werewolf in London, yeah. that's but great. That's the best werewolf movie I've ever It was ever made seen. in the 70s. Like, they had, like, ten years to do fucking Doesn't, better, and they didn't. They definitely... They didn't, and have, it was they didn't have Rick Baker. But that one it's part where, where uh, Corey Haim is, like, trapped in that, like, un- that bridge, the mm-hmm. covered bridge, and and Big Ed is, like... Like talking and trying to justify why he killed everyone. That was that was like that was a really it's horrific a moment. Yeah, you and, know, and that no, was, it's a, no werewolf. Broad daylight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he was it. You're just drowned, and no one will know why. But, but I think out. I think the movie justifies why he's doing what he's doing in uh, in a way that most movies don't ever really get right. Where you're like. Wait, you're the priest, you're like a werewolf, like why are you doing what you're doing? And you've kind of asked that question, and when the movie gets to that point where you need an answer, it does give you but a it's justification. Not like me, one girl was... is gonna commit suicide. Well what happens next time you turn into it? You gotta find another suicidal person? I okay, well so so I should say right now, I fucking loved where you're watching this movie. Nice. Unlike you guys, <laughs> I, I know I know you obviously you guys had a lesser experience with this. I love I this love movie. This like, movie. Phil, I watched it when I was a kid, um, and, and so I really liked it then. And I think as a kid, you identify with Corey Haim, who is, by the way, pretty good in this movie. Yeah. He's really good in this. He's really good in The Lost Boys. And um, he's, I think you identify with that character because he feels, he feels like a kid. And he discovers a secret no one else has. It's just, it's a very... Um, and he, and he you, like I a mean, I think you project yourself on him when you're younger, so I identify with him. 
what I loved rewatching this that I completely forgotten. And by the way, I think we read the we sought out the book the Cycle of the Werewolf with the great Bernie Wrightson. I think that's uh, why. Uh, uh, that. That's illustration. the biggest problem with yeah. this movie is that the book is visual. I and the book is so much better because Bernie Wrightson, who I would argue might be the greatest comic book artist of all time. This is such a whole other podcast. Certainly with with horrific he, images, yeah. monster images, his, Bernie his Wrightson is a, is a Frankenstein, have you ever yeah. read yeah. that? It's John. Wrightson is a stunning, and he what he did was he drew uh, the Cycle of the Werewolf, which we should say is is the the book of this uh, the uh, that this is from. He drew um, like a, a few pages throughout the book, like each month. The way it's structured is each month is part of the story, yeah. and then uh, he would draw like a couple almost of like pictures. a comic book. Yeah, and, and they're very comic book. Was it much more made in the book where it was on holidays the werewolf? Yeah, thing, mm-hmm. for some reason. Well, because well, that's, that's, that's the lunar it's, cycle. Yeah, it it's starts differently. And in, in the movie is is completely different. It starts in the spring and ends on Halloween, yeah. whereas in the the book it's like starts on in the fall and ends in the spring or something well, like that. Or Fourth of July. It I don't know the specifics. What I do know is that I super dug rewatching this. I felt that it really does capture um, something about what eighty Stephen King is about for me. Which I think and again, like I think that's why you have something like the success of Stranger Things or something like that, which is something about the 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 sort of the darkness and also freedom and imagination of childhood, and then this like um, darkness that in the the darkness of adulthood, the darkness of violence, the darkness of the real world intrudes on that. And I feel like this movie gets that right in a way that's also kind of fun and cool, like almost in this Goonies way. I think you you had said I like yeah, that I think you had said that, that there was a, there was an Amblin feel to yeah. the movie that that you had forgotten. Yeah, and I dug that. And I, you know what else I forgot about the sisters POV. The sister narrates, she narrates the, the whole thing, yeah. And I yeah. really dug that. I didn't remember that. It feels like what I remember is Corey Haim is the main character, kind of, and then uh, his sister sort of side character. But she now is she is actually the main character, and her relationship with her brother grows and pays off in the movie. Um, it's a great sibling relationship. Yeah, I, 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 they feel they feel like real kids to me. Yeah, and it's I like mean, you took Stand by Me and took it down five notches. And made a little nice. bit, a That's little bit, but that is or ten. You're right. <laughs> That's what it was to me. It was like, yeah, there I was looking at my brother. He said, "I love you." I loved Dude, him you back. Me, I didn't know it. Yet. You give me a third of the magic of Stand by Me in any movie, I'm already gonna like it. I, I, I mean, will agree with like a Stand by Me is a ten out of ten. Right, and yeah. so so just a piece of that is in this movie for me, and I really dug that. I also liked. The movie offers no explanation for the for how he becomes a werewolf. Well, you don't need that. I, I don't. I, you don't need it. But I feel like a lot of movies would have included it. And I love that this movie just didn't. just leaves it. And also, the twist of who the werewolf was is great. Terry O'Quinn as the sheriff is great. Um, I was a big fan of that. John Locke. John Locke. <laughs> John Locke, man, and he's great. There, are a lot of all the supporting performances in this movie are A plus, including the parents. Yeah, yeah the, the parents, parents are really Even good. The parents are, There's yeah. a lot going on in this movie. Also, tight narrative, man. It, this movie doesn't sit around. Like I think it's 90 minutes or, or slightly, slightly it's, more. It's 95 yeah. minutes. I'm yeah. telling you, if the werewolf would have actually looked legit, I would have enjoyed this. All right, all right. All right. We, let, we let, me, let me let me address that. Let me address that. Let me address that. Tierney. I want to yeah, say. Yeah, I want to say. I'd rather see a clunky practical werewolf than a, the greatest CGI werewolf in the whole I don't world. Want to see a CGI. And, and so, and so, I enjoyed the the fact that this look. I it get it. Like it, it. It did. The werewolf of this movie is not compared to the Howling or or American uh, obviously American. I mean, goes yeah. without saying. 
But I really enjoyed this werewolf just because... Well, I don't give a shit. I just like fucking werewolves, man. <laughs> and, and so I really like this werewolf. Um, I really liked Corey Haim in this movie. Um, they, they don't make a big deal about the fact that he's a disabled character. But I love the fact that it's a factor in his, in his, in his character. But he's also a smart, funny cool real kid he has problems with his parents he has problems with his his sister and he's 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 just a neat kid and i really enjoyed that character um i i also feel like uh you know (laughs) i'm sorry i lost my train of thought there um Hang on, let me look at my notes. Is that train full? Wait, wait, no, this is what I wanted to say. This is what I wanted to say. The silver bullet, the silver bullet that they're referencing in the the movie yeah. is his 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 motorcycle slash wheelchair in the movie, which his his uncle has dubbed the, the silver bullet. This motorcycle wheelchair seems incredibly unsafe <laughs> and also incredibly illegal. <laughs> and 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 that again is something that I love about the movie that feels very 80s, that it feels like the kind of wild, wild west that we came to sort of expect that, that something like, again, and I know I hate to reference it again, Stranger Things um, has a nostalgia for is that idea that the in the 80s, you know, kids kind of got away with more. Things were more dangerous for them. Decided but they, they did. Right. But they yeah. sort of they sort of went along with that. And occasionally they'd run into a werewolf. And yeah. I think that this movie that captures that. And, that. and going back to the sister's perspective and the, the narration that she does, like at one point, and Phil uh, made it very clear during text message, uh, where she's, she's witnessing this guy, like, be such a jerk to this woman who, you know, is yeah. pregnant with his baby. Ain't my baby. It's, it's, it's my baby. <laughs> It's a strange moment in the movie, but and it's early on. You see, like, this 80s small-town mentality where everyone's, like, kind of a dick. Yeah. You know, there's, like, this. the small town has all of these, like, you know, skeletons in the closet. Yeah. And you see that through this, you know, the sister's perspective. I think he literally says, ate my baby. No, don't care. Ate, ate my baby. I don't not care. I don't the want most to subtle scene I've ever seen. All right. <laughs> I know we got to move on. Before we move on, I just want to say, first off, werewolf train film directors. <laughs> no one's ever done a train full of werewolves. Train you know why? Because saying. doing one werewolf right is fucking hard. I know. Look at this movie with Stephen King attached. Big budget. Who, who, wrote, it? who wrote it, by the way? With werewolves. A train to Busan. Train to Busan with werewolves. Wait for my Phil. pitch. Phil. Here we go. Okay. So what else? Phil. Phil. <laughs> I, I, you know, obviously worked at bars for a long time, as obviously some of brothers still do. Mm-hmm. Losers. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I come to your bar for free Just finish your story. I used to irritate the shit out of my coworkers by we'd get drunk towards the end of the shift and go like, "Wouldn't it be great if werewolves attacked right now?" And like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" It's like, "No, how would we survive a werewolf attack?" And they're like, "What is your thing with werewolves?" I'm like. Werewolves are cool, okay? They just haven't made enough they good movies cool. about them. Like, Russ, seriously, I think you might be, like, a tad bit obsessed. <laughs> with with werewolves? Yeah. I think werewolves are a great untapped resource in cinema. I agree. They and and again, and I think There's not a lot this, of great is movies. A, this is a pretty good addition to the werewolf genre. That's where we're going to end this and move on yes. to next. We'll move on to the movie that now... Russ is going to introduce. <laughs> Which would Maximum Oh, we're doing it on Maximum Lucky. Yeah. So good. Do it, Russ. Do it. We'll uh, like some cocaine first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Maximum Overdrive is a, is a film. It is the only film that uh, <laughs> uh, Stephen King has directed. Um, and 
That's significant. Uh, yes, and I, I think that that's a big deal. Um, we'll get into that in a second. Um, Tell us why. So, so the story of, of Maxim Overdrive is adapted from the Stephen King short story um, – Trucks. Trucks, which is from, I believe, Night Shift? Night Shift, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, a small truck stop in, is it South Carolina? North, North Carolina? Carolina. North Carolina. Um, is is overrun by what seems to be sentient machines, including giant semis, but also you know kitchen utensils and other things. Meanwhile, Night of the Comet is going on one town over. I know, right? <laughs> We're going to Night Seriously. of the Comet in another podcast, hopefully. <laughs> uh, but the... But, Something seems to be happening where machines themselves have become sentient and are attacking human beings inside of the United States and possibly the entire world. And uh, and that's where the movie comes from. Uh, Emilio Estevez and a small ragtag band of people who are trapped at this truck stop must figure out how to survive inside this apocalyptic scenario. Including uh, the whiniest Bart Simpson appearance ever. Uh, we'll get into that in a second, too. She's not Bart Simpson. Lisa Simpson. Lisa Simpson, thank you. I thought she was Bart she No, was she's Bart not Bart. Simpson, she's just Lisa. She's Lisa. What? Are you sure? Okay, okay what's, what Chris is uh, yeah, referencing is right. Yardley Smith, who is the voice of you're Lisa right. Simpson, has a semi-prominent she's role in this annoying, movie. She, she won't shut up. Mm. Anyways, go on. I to my accent. If you feel like if it was The Mist, she would be the crazy religious lady. <laughs> All right, I'm going to talk about this movie okay. because I have my knives sharpened and I'm ready to defend this movie against everybody. I knew, oh, no, I, I love this movie. I, I warned you ahead of time with that this would be you defending this movie and me actually probably also defending uh, it. All right. Wow. I was prepared to really so fight about this movie. Do you want to wait then and let them talk? Okay. Let's do this. All right. Oh, <laughs> shit, Phil. Bringing you know what? Pain. Get in I'm the gonna, chopper. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to cede the floor to Phil... To talk about this film, I, I do want to say that uh, Stephen King um, has semi-disowned this movie um, as, as a director and, and a filmmaker, um, which, which I think is unfortunate. And his directing career. And, and, I and, uh, that. I said semi-disowned. <laughs> semi She's like... Oh, like, oh, I didn't... Cause truck. It, was, uh, it was a Freudian old. slip, but I'll take the credit for it. Uh uh, also, I, I had a, a a friend who um, uh, met Emilio Estevez and was able to talk to him about some of his film work, and 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 he said that Stephen King Emilio? wrote him an apology letter uh, for That's this film, amazing. which which I think is unfortunate. Um, Does Emilio die at the end of the apology letter? I, <laughs> I would like to say I would like to say that's that it's too bad. I, I understand that that King and 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 Estevez. Um, seem to have some problems with with this work, but I would like to defend this movie. But first, I'm gonna let Phil talk. Oh, it's not a good movie. This no. is an amazing. No one's movie. gonna say this is like a, okay. No one would say seriously as a movie. This is a good movie. No, I would totally. No, I would, I would totally, totally, I would totally disagree. That. I would totally disagree. <laughs> so, so real quick, like I'm just hang on. Phil's got his notebook. Looking at, I'm looking at my notes now. Okay. Like my first note was a cocaine fueled rage. Yeah. Like, this yeah. guy was so fucked up making this movie. He does not know how to direct the movie. This is his first thing. He has no idea about what his shot is, what's going on, how to cut things together. It's incompetently made. And Stephen King admits, he's like, I had no idea what I was doing. I don't agree with okay. any of this. Okay, and then you've got the next part of my note is, 
His DP lost his fucking eye. Yeah, that's, that's true. That because true. a lawnmower that's, hits a piece of wood and it goes in there. I mean, that's okay. terrible. Cost your DP an eye. Because Another he wanted it to goes, be more realistic. Yeah, his cream truck flips over, almost kills his second camera unit, which thank God a fucking grip paid attention enough to grab the guy and yank him off the fucking camera before he died. Um, what's next going on? Oh, <laughs> he wanted Bruce Springsteen as the lead. Yeah, like, get the fuck out of here with he that. He literally, this... thank God for Dino De Laurentiis in this one, because he was like, who's the boss? I don't know who the boss is. We're oh, going to get Emilio as the Have you noticed that Bruce Springsteen has never really been an actor? That's because he knows he's not an actor. So No, but like to me, it was like... I love where there's a line where he goes, well, if you want something done right, do it yourself. Look at The Shining, you daft motherfucker. Like, I'm sorry. Like, there were good movies made, and it blows my mind that he would say, if you want something done right, do it yourself. The Shining is a masterpiece, and this movie's a piece of shit. Have have you ever, ever, like, had, like, a Coke binge where you did, like, Coke for a couple days in a row? Guys, we're Nobody getting some serious insight into Chris Cox. I'm just saying, no, we've never ever done cocaine in our lives. You think you say things like, "If you want something you right, do it That's the time when you say that unironically. <laughs> And you believe it. I would never know that, Chris. <laughs> None of us would ever know that. Well, I'm calling myself out. <laughs> so, um, Cox suspects. <laughs> He's red. He may have heard from a guy, I'm from another guy. I'm trying to admit I've had a coach <laughs> And y'all are like, no, you have so, Cox just owns that shit. He owns it. The owns it. king owns he it. Owned it. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, mean, I would have loved to have been there when King watched it sober and went like, oh, Jesus. What's I would have been there when Chris Cox and So anyway, it was, it was a long time ago. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a thing. It You're the Stephen King among us. Because, so, I mean, at least Stephen King admits that he did a terrible thing. Oh, Stephen King, is, addiction is, is a huge theme in all of these movies. He actually has but, been asked... Why haven't you directed another movie? And his answer was, have you seen Maximum Overdrive? Oh, this yeah. movie is so great. I mean, one of the things I love about this movie is... ACDC? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I mean yeah. obviously, obviously. That is it. I mean, fuck yeah. I don't think anyone would remember this movie fondly if it wasn't for ACDC. AC- no. Such a huge. Part is Chris of on coke right we now? We are literally getting works. booed from the Summer Brothers no, couch right now. I, I I I understand your point, but I do. I I mean, obviously, I think we can all agree. ACDC is one of the highlights yes. of the film. I mean, that it figures prominent. I mean, it is that's one of prominently the most famous soundtracks ever. I believe is justifiably so. Justifiably, but I mean, we have this giant semi with the Green Goblin. Yeah, on the front also of iconic, it. an iconic Super image. Um, nobody ever forgets that. Everyone when they think. Maximum Overdrive, they think of the semi with a green goblin. Some dude took that what was left of it, bought no. it for a lot of money, restored it over the space of like and now five it years because it was burnt to shit, and now takes it over, drives it around to comic cons, and pays people to watch. Awesome. Like, but otherwise, this, the other great thing about this film is the deaths in this film are just absolutely amazing. A like lot of fun. the scene where the little league team gets taken out by he a, runs a, a kid with machine. a bulldozer. <laughs> <laughs> he kills a kid with a bulldozer. Uh, I don't it's, know, it's, right? it's it's. I, 
I don't know what you're complaining about then. I, be, because to me, it's more than just like a, uh, ooh, that was exciting. It's like the fucking whole movie just falls apart. Like, I, I get agree. that there are parts that are fun. But when you are like the auteur and the director, and it's like, it just, here, I was going to save this for later, but I'm going to drop it now. Whoa. Stephen King's own problem is Stephen King. What winds up happening is there's a million great scripts in the world, but someone would rather pay for a short story by Stephen King to be made in the feature so he can put his fucking name above it and like spend 10 million bucks on it than to get a good script a chance. And you watch a lot of his movies, and they're half-ass shorts that aren't meant to be features, and they turn them into features, and it's like, it's drug out. His movies are always drugged the fuck out, and they wind up not being good after about 50 minutes. And the problem is, you put his name on there, and that's what's getting you financing, and he's a, a flaw of his own making. And I, agree, from there. I agree with Strong everything you're saying. argument that's not I'm, I'm necessarily not wrong. I'm disagreeing with you. Uh, did, did you just drop he, your mic? He, dro- he dropped his notebook. I agree with everything you're saying in the terms of making a good movie. Okay. However, I will say there is a number of Stephen King films that are not good movies, this film included, that are nonetheless fun to watch in that way that you watch attractive. I'm, I'm confused. Bad, I'm confused stuff. by that argument because how is it bad if you're having a good time watching it? I present Sharknado for your I don't I don't find that this is not I don't like find Sharknado. That a, I don't find that a, a real argument. I present the room for your I don't, again, this is I don't not find like that I don't find that argument. I, I do I think this I don't is, think this, this is, movie this is, is so is, bad it's good. I don't I don't find it. I think it is. I think it's so bad it's good. See, it's not we don't a have good that, I don't have that experience watching the movie. It's I, definitely not a good I movie. I enjoy the movie on its own level. Yeah. I mean we're gonna talk about Mangler in a little bit. So. See no, okay, let's not jump ahead, but I'm gonna defend the Mangler. I'm just saying Jesus Christ. Because you picked it, but we'll get into that in a second. What else did you want to say? I mean, Russ? the Summers Brothers. I think you guys. Did picked, you want to say something? I, well, I actually have. Uh, let's let's hear I, it. I, okay, first of all, um, I didn't. Strapped. I didn't get to. Oh. I didn't get to drop my my big line that I wanted to say, which which is unfortunate because I had the intro, which was I want to say the the Doom Patrol on Deliberations of Doom finally answers the question of who made who <laughs> as we review uh, uh, Maximum Overdrive. I should have let you do the intro. I know, and I did, and I I screwed that. But anyways. Um, I, I will say, watching the film again, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll lead with this, um, it does have kind of a juvenile sense of humor, oh, and I do think God. at times... Did you just uh, say kind of a juvenile sense Seriously? of humor? Thank you, poop thank you. Is, no, no, okay, you're correct. I will, I will. poop is not funny. I will, it is right, not I will excise the kind funny. of. It, it, is, it has a juvenile sense of humor, which I think King tends to do. He also tends to appreciate the gross and the scatological, which I'm not always a huge fan of. Scatological? And yeah. uh, poop. Yeah. And That's s- amazing. Uh, I, I an English degree, I and I'm putting it to work right now. I learned a new word today. So uh, I, I do think that that was a big knock on the movie, is that the humor in the movie is sometimes, it, 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 it falls flat. It's broad, it's silly, it, it, you know, and some of the characters are drawn. Incredibly broad. Incredibly broad. Um, I think that uh, the, the practical effects in this movie are really amazing. Um, so amazing, obviously, that they hurt people. That, that I completely agree with. So, so I think I, w- I was very impressed with that. Um, and obviously, I mean, I'm a huge ACDC fan. The ACDC score, which you've obviously mentioned. Um, Who were asked to be actors, and their response was, yeah, we're not actors. <laughs> Smart <laughs> man. There, there is something I want to say about this movie. There is a moment in this film... Um, that I, I, I never really forgot, even when I saw it as a kid now watching it again, where Emilio Estevez posits an explanation for what he thinks is behind what's happening with the machines being taken over as, as sentient, uh, uh, beings. And, 
And the way it's done and, and what he's talking about and the idea that it's not a real explanation. It's only his theory. Yeah. Uh, I think is a really great scene. And, yeah. and I think it points to the kind of thing that I really like about this movie. And I think the movie itself, I, I understand the knocks against it. I don't know that it's, it's particularly well shot. It, it's not a great visual movie in that sense. But I think it's really well edited. Um, I I don't totally agree with Phil. I, I think that it is pretty well directed, especially considering King never directed anything before, hasn't directed anything since. I was pretty impressed with his direction of the film, um, going back and looking at it. So I, I'm actually kind of dismayed. I, I, I see his funny comment about, oh, have you seen Max Drive? But I would love to see another Stephen King-directed he film. He has since said, okay, I admit, I was on a lot of coke then, and I would be curious to have another shot now that I'm a sober person and an older person. And, and again, I, I get the knock that obviously this is Stephen King at his most coked out crazy, which is I, – I would also like to point this out as a small aside. It's interesting to me that the Stephen King that we're talking about, this, the Stephen King at his most late 70s, 80s iconic is the one that was completely – you know, full blown addiction had the, the the cocaine and the alcohol and all that stuff, and that's the guy that made movies like Maximum Overdrive and 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 wrote all these big iconic books. Um, so I think that's I, I'm surprised by that. I mean, obviously, talk about a highly so functioning what you're alcoholic. Saying is I need to become more addicted to I drugs. Mean, I, I mean, there's there's a little bit of that, but but it's interesting. I just think it's the next. You know, but I, but I'm just saying I think it's interesting to look back and think that Stephen King, when he was really Stephen King, with a capital S, Absolutely. capital K, I think that's was his where he's most fucked up. Uh, demons. Yeah, but. but, but Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, like, you take his name away from this movie, this movie never gets financing, and then you take, like, what he did with this. Only thing great about it is ACDC and the special effects, the stunts. I, so, I don't like, know that I, 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 don't I don't agree with this. I mean, yeah, it's I don't, not the story. I don't agree with that. The I am fucking very, combat in the sky. It's not I, it. The I, story I, sucks. Like, the part in the beginning with the bridge, that was, I mean, I know I dragged on a little bit long, but that was, like, a really, I thought it was I, you a, know, not a bad so, film. Well, can, can I just with say one other thing? Before everybody else, I think the other thing I want to say is interesting about this as Stephen King's sole directorial effort and as someone who is as identified with his films as he is with his books, it's weird to me that Stephen King picked the short story Trucks. Yeah. As it doesn't point. have anything about what we – when you think of Stephen King, when you think of ghosts and monsters and creatures, I don't know that you think of Trucks as a quintessential Stephen King well, story. That is a strange directorial Very loosely based on Trucks. But, but it's bizarre. But even then, with, why is this the movie Which that he picked? There's, there's, there's so many other... There's actually a TV movie, at, more yeah. direct adaptation of Trucks yeah. that was made in the but 90s. Why this movie? But why this film, as, as, as probably a film that he could have made... I mean, I think if you'd said in the mid-80s, you know, I think Stephen King probably, if you said he was going to direct his own movie... He could have directed any movie he really wanted to make, especially one of his works. Why did he pick this one? It was more important to him to do something with a like heavy metal ACDC type feel to the, it. This was a you like know? masturbatory like thing. Like he yeah. loved ACDC. He wanted Bruce Springsteen. He wanted to just do shit because you know I'm fucked up. I'm a rock star. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he wanted yeah. to be a rock star. I mean, I agree with that. And I think again, and I don't find I, I see what you're saying, and I don't find that a knock on the movie because. I think those are the things that make you an auteur. I do that, that when make you're them Stephen very King and you have The Shining as part of your like repertoire and you do this shit. I guess 
I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but he's not Stanley Kubrick. He's Stephen King. He's going to make his own mm-hmm. Stephen King movie, and the fact that his own obsessions it's weird and ideas are something like Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Exactly. It feels like it should be Pet Cemetery. I agree. It should yeah. be something with depth, and instead he did like, hey, can I get all my fucking rock and roll friends um, in here and do some shit? Well, That's what he did. Once so, again, so real quick, a a drug. Right. I, I know we got a lot of other movies to get through, but yeah, I'm yeah. just going to tell you like my thoughts like super quick, which is Russ covered a lot of them. I am very entertained by this movie. I love this movie. Like This is like having beer, like eating candy, like watching fucking movies. This movie is like top of my list. I've definitely dragged people over to watch this movie, and we all had a good time. You laugh. It's fun. It moves. It, it And actually, I think the movie delivers on moments. So I, there's a – you guys really talked about like the Coke – uh, can and, and, and moments you sort of remember the bridge, the truck with the green goblin face. Really iconic imagery that does stay with you. And I think the movie has a lot of it. Um, uh, one thing I always remember is where they have to pump the gas for the truck. Yeah, like, it's a stunning scene. There's nothing particularly memorably visual about it, but I, I remember it feels hot. It feels like the, the sun. Yeah, yeah. they really, and you know, and I just, the, the music they play when the trucks, when all the trucks are lined up. And then when the other uh, military vehicle comes in with a gun. And I have to say, for a movie that's about a bunch of dumb machines coming to life, I never, that is not a knock on. Like I always buy kind of the world of the movie. I don't think like oh, this is fucking stupid. Yeah, Matrix did it right. This did. Okay, the Matrix is. I mean, you're talking about the Wachowskis. I mean, you're just. It's, well, I think you, you made an interesting point, which was you said it's really kind of a zombie movie. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, yeah and I, and I think it really but, is. But only movie. while Haley's comet flies by. It's but yeah, but but it is a film about a small movie. group of survivors oh, yeah. surviving this sort of siege, and I and I appreciate that about the movie. I love the soundtrack. Um... I, but I, to me, I'm telling you, if you take the special effects and the music out of the movie, it cannot. I would still hold like up. it. I still, no I just, chance. I like the story it's of the film. It's a fun movie. It's though. fun. I'm it's sorry. it's because ACDC and but Cars it's a B movie. <laughs> in between you guys, because I agree with Phil, you take the special effects and the soundtrack out, this it's movie doesn't fucking, work at all. The stories, because the story's not there. But I think no, with that because stuff, I would still love this movie if you put something like a Tangerine Dream score to it. I would really dig that. <laughs> you want Tangerine Dream? I want fucking Tangerine Dream well, for every and movie. I, you know what? I think if Estevez is really good in the movie too. I like Estevez as well. I mean, yeah. we all know that Bruce Springsteen would have been shit in this movie, but... I mean, I mean in theory, right. as far as I know, he's never acted. No, he's in uh, High Fidelity as himself. Well, he did um, yeah, that. But he's playing himself. He's playing himself. So he's, he's playing a character. No, I they think wanted in, him in for by the day. Music they wanted music videos, he played a dishwasher, um, right? Alright, let's move on. Well, I know well, we got a lot of shit to get before we finish. First off, one of the only King films that no one even so much as mentions made. There's no reference except one tiny split-second shot of the pizza delivery car that crashes into a tree that has a license plate that says Maine. Huh. That is the only reference to Maine in the whole thing. Interesting, because he directed it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But uh, in terms of the bigger picture, uh, they mention an island called Haven, where there is no cars. And, of course, there was a sci-fi Haven. channel show called Haven, yeah. based on a Stephen King story, where the second season has an episode oh. called... Uh, that where. It's about based it's the on same the Colorado plot, where, it's, where it's based. Yeah, based on the Colorado It's yeah. like like he can just say anything. Like, oh, bookshelf. Let's do a TV show called Bookshelf. It's Stephen like, King's Bookshelf. bookshelf. <laughs> I'd watch it. Oh, I'm gonna I'd watch, watch that shit. I can't wait. I mean, I'd at least check it out. Is right, the bookshelf next? evil? What's next? Could what's, be next? what's next? Because you... it's your turn oh. to talk about it. Beautiful things. I did not pick this movie. You guys are going to make me talk about this movie? I don't, even, I don't know who picked I don't this even movie know anyway. Who did pick this you movie? You picked this movie. All right, you know what? I'll introduce this, this movie. movie. Needful Things is a movie that sucks. <laughs> um, 
Uh, Holy shit, all five of us are going to agree wow. right now. I, 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 I don't know how this movie ended up on our list, but I'm going to give I don't know who picked Needful Things, but fuck you. I picked Firestarter and Silver Needful Things just snuck on there. I tried to pick Misery, and they wouldn't let me. And they said no. And I tried to pick The Shining, and they said no. This super quick thing, which is it's this crappy town. I guess it's Castle Rock. Isn't it Castle Rock? Castle Rock. And then. Uh, Max von Sydow moves Sido in his moves town, in town, opens a shop full of objects and curiosities. Yeah, and then the and the, but offers people these things that they absolutely have to have. They're in this weird shop, and then they have seems to, do- to give them. It doesn't. The payment is not necessarily uh, actual money, but something that you have to do that seems to bother your neighbor and leads to a chain reaction Bull of print. dumb bullshit. That is the worst movie. Uh, listen, I, I'm sorry. I got to go off on this fucking movie. <laughs> this might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my fucking oh, life. I, fucking I truly Russell hated Summers. this movie. I agree. Um, I, I think that there, there's 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 things like like Maximum that. Overdrive and, oh, and Silver yeah, Bullet. Movies that people say – and Firestarter. Movies that people say are bad yeah, movies. Take a picture of this. Yeah. But this fucking movie has uh, no excuse to be as terrible as it is. It's a movie from the early to mid nineties. It has a movie, yeah. it has Instagram. a decent budget. It's the first film ever, uh, I think, finished on an avid uh, uh, film. So it has that distinction. Other than that, it has no other fucking distinction because it is fucking horrible. Um, I like. I it. never thought. <laughs> the fuck up. I've never killed anyone, but this is gonna. Be, um, That'd be great. But, you know but, what? My numbers would be on the podcast if you killed anyone. <laughs> I've kill never listen. I've never side. seen. I've never seen a bad Ed Harris performance. I didn't think it was possible for Ed Harris to give a bad performance until I saw this, this fucking is movie. It is a. It is. There is no excuse for this film. The disdain in his eyes. Boring. It's real. As, there is literally no reason. To watch this movie ever, it is not entertaining, it is not smart, it is not particularly well written or film. shot. It is filmed like a bad 90s anthology show, yes. like The Hitchhiker. Hold on, hold on. Oh. I just want to say, you asked, why can't we review more good movies? And I'm like, because if we did, <laughs> we, we wouldn't have. <laughs> we need Summer's Brothers no, rants it is, in order. No, but it was like we were so like we were despondent watching this movie. Listen, there, there, there are bad movies, and I understand bad movies, but I think what what a truly bad movie is is boring it's tedious it's hard to sit through and 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 i think with a film of this uh a clear budget and and size and logistics behind it there's no reason for it to be as fucking boring and just hard to sit through as it is you can't believe this film was made in like 1993 (laughs) i mean you're talking the same year that movies like jurassic park came out this movie came out months later and it is god awful does anyone have anything else to say? No, no, let's move on. No, 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 no. no let's move on. I've got some stuff to say, okay. too. I'm but, sorry. Like, <laughs> can, can I just throw in there? This movie suffers from the 90s. 
When you watch this, everything that you hate about the 90s is in this movie. <laughs> I, I completely agree the with you. The fucking cheesy yes. cinematography, oh, the cheesy bad. dialogue, the cheesy acting, yes. everything that you like. And it hate feels about the like 90s. that 90s thing, like, we'll just release this and people will go see it because oh, we yeah. made it, right? Like, because it's a movie. we put Stephen King's name on it. Agreed. No, 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 I, I totally, totally agree with that. It was totally more than that. I don't know if you guys remember when this book was published, but this was treated as a Stephen King event. Yeah. They were like, Oh, this is the big thing. This is going to be the the thing, the milestone in Stephen King books that ties in all everything together. They treated it as this huge deal. Yeah. And then everyone was like, eh, it was okay. Oh, well, and then no, they, they didn't even no, say that. And then they rushed out the movie this, after that. This book was actually well received. This was actually one of my, this is a, a, an excellent Stephen King book. Not saying no it's way. an excellent Stephen King movie, but Needful Things was a big deal when it came out. People loved it. Uh, people celebrated it. This was at the tail end of my Steve, well, reading everything Stephen King no. came out, and I was I mean, kind of like, eh. Okay, so, so fuck the book. Did you like the movie? No. Yeah. It was incredibly boring. <laughs> Ed Harris could not save this movie. Amanda Plummer, who I'm not particularly fond of. Ed Harris and Max von Sydow. Uh, Max movie. von Sydow, those who is two a fucking are, immortal, by those the Those two way. are like two of the best actors ever he in film. Was, they have been they are amazing actors. But you have actors. to admit that he was still really good as Leland Gaunt. Like he was fine. I mean, no, Max von no, I will not admit that. I, I liked I, him as totally he was fine. Yeah, his performance was fucking amazing. I'll give them Sydow, but but everything else. But he, here's the problem. Uh, like when you look at the plot, like Hey, I want to buy this letterman. You know jacket. what? Sorry, and there you is got a eight. plot to this movie, and I think like unlike other Stephen King novels, where you feel like, eh, it all kind of gets lost, all kind of squishy. It's just like, what? What is the needful thing store? I mean, it's not. It doesn't look like a real store. It's like it's like this weird house that they obviously it's repurpose, an, and they all seem to just accept. Yeah, it, like, and they just wander in. They're like, look, there's my letter jacket from when I was in high school. I'll kill for this letter jacket from when I was in high school. Russ, you've clearly not been to antique stores. A hipster. But here's my favorite part. I apologize. It's like, oh, here's this Letterman jacket. Oh, I had one like when I was great. Here's a switchblade. Skin a fucking dog. It's so I'm sorry. Like, there's no Letterman jacket in the world. He was the town drunk. All right, so here's the thing, right? When they released the movie. Uh, there was a lot that was cut. All right, now I'm not defending the film based on that. I'm just saying there was a lot that was cut because you watch the movie version and you go, "What are all these characters? All the characters, except with the possible exception of Amanda Plummer, are completely uninteresting." You're like, "Who would actually do those things this guy wanted him to do as pranks? Who would do that?" All right, so they were like. It's King and the production company is like, okay, so maybe releasing it this cut was a bad idea. So they re-released it as a mini series on television. That what? Was a full hour yeah. long. Yeah, you can find torrents of it, but they've never actually I don't officially this at all. released it on any Blu-ray DVD version that significantly expand out all the characters, and it's more or less still has the same problems. Yeah. But you know what? I will say this. I, I want to say this see. about this film. I did appreciate it in a modern right now sense because it's about like how simple it is to create huge divisions and violent ties That's a good between point. a close knit community. I, That's a very good no, point. Exactly I, I find that you're I find that you're right reading now. this one. And I found it emotionally affecting based on that level. Watching that going what we're going through right now is exactly that. 
family and friends who've never had any issues with each other, but always going like, yeah, but they do that one thing that irritates me, suddenly being inflamed See, into, like, I'm not going to have anything to do with you anymore. I found Resonant right now. So that makes a lot of sense. I, I liked it. No. I, 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 it. It's a fascinating point. I just don't think it's I movie. wish okay. I had watched that movie because the most annoying thing for this movie is watching like, and then this person does this dumb thing. And then there, this there was this weird like, yeah, it's a big game of telephone and it all kind of adds up to yeah, people I don't doing give like, a fuck. Like, I don't give a fuck that these people so, are like annoying each other. Like, I didn't care. So I, I'm going to agree with both sides right now just because I agree with Chris that there was a better movie here that was really failed to make. Oh, I, I feel so like well. the premise of like this little troll fucking thing, because it doesn't have to be the devil, some demon troll thing shows into your town and starts preying upon your wants and needs. Bored. But it was done. <laughs> but it, Don't care. But I was saying it was done in I, such I wasn't a way. I giving you that shit during Kujo. Okay. Was but so it was. But it was a, bo- it's a can, boring Can I ask premise. a serious question? Yes. At the end of the movie... J.G. So Wall shows so up bad. with a fucking suicide bomber don't vest. Where did he get that in the middle of Maine? I don't understand where... Same place. He got yeah, the Mickey Mantle card. In the middle of the fucking basement. Yeah. I just... You know, let's face Like, he's the devil. He can make anything appear. He had a... No, that's no, a bad reason. No, but it's part of the plot of the movie. This he movie makes, sucks. He makes a Mickey Mantle card appear just, signed to the guy look, who just, the I Mickey literally Mantle. just want to point out I cannot find anything really about quick. this movie. <laughs> redeemable. Like, can, can I just point out really quick that none of us chose this movie? Can I? Can I? That point? is a oh. weird, needful thing. Wait, just, is any of you guys been hanging out with Max von Sydow? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that Maybe guy. Phil. Yeah, I like I don't him. Know. All right, Phil's I have anything else to say? Wait, 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 wait. Uh, Phil, Phil, I've, Phil I've has got something a, a to couple say. little little things. Okay, go ahead. Have you ever seen an apple go through a window, hit a TV screen, the TV blow up? I mean, an apple. Was he throwing hand grenades into that fucking house? I mean, what do you he, want me to say? Do you want me to say no? <laughs> yeah, maybe I've he seen He was that. obviously like, well, like summoning Sandy Koufax, which is Sandy Koufax, not Mickey Mantle. Uh, just FYI. My, my, so my thing is, I feel good. there was a movie here that could have been made, that could have been good, had the actual things not been pranks, had people... Because it's like, somebody shows up with two grand, your fucking plot goes out the fucking window because, oh, now they don't have to fucking pull a prank. Yeah. So the problem is, you were literally saying, oh, nobody in this town has any money, so you've got to do my bidding. But the bidding was stupid. If, this, if the bidding was done correctly and intelligently, it could have been a good movie, but it wasn't handled that way. It was I, bad. I, I think that Check there's shot, enough though. of a basic idea here that you could really make a good <laughs> I don't, movie. I don't agree. I don't know I, that I, I agree. I think the you give this... The initial seat of the movie is so boring, oh, Henry-type shit. What's I wrong just with don't, that? Because I just don't give a fuck. Like, I don't want to watch this town like... I'd rather like, watch a shitty practical werewolf yeah, than watch a town full of people who accidentally <laughs> play bad tricks yeah, Machines attack a truck stop. Right. Like, that's a movie. I would rather have. watch it's... Maximum Overdrive again. Exactly. Well, I would, too. I'd but rather not... watch David Fincher's Needful Things. Oh. No. Oh, oh, no. Even then, even then. stop the summer. Even then, no, I thought about it. No, I thought about it. I was like, is he going to bring something to that? No. Yes, he would. Inherently, I don't think... No. Inherently, there's nothing interesting about Real this movie. Real quick, Kubrick changed The Shining, if and I, they had a great movie. If I pitched this movie to you, and I was like, Phil, I got like a million bucks, amazing. and there's like a shop, and, and then they're gonna, the, the town's like, he has a baseball card, but then the other guy has a letter jacket, and then they kill the guy in the bar, you'd be like, 
Uh, yeah, take half of that out and just find the root of your story. There's no art. But there's no but let's, right, let's talk about the I, masterpiece I just, that is the mangler. I, no, I want to just start with a few notes I had here. It was yeah, nominated for three Saturn Awards. Amanda Plummer won for Best Supporting Slow Year. Actress. It was a bad <laughs> Just year. recently, Rick and Morty referenced it with something Ricked This Way comes. <laughs> of course they did. Of course they did. Oh. Uh, this was written by W.D. Richter. Do you know who that yeah, is? Yeah, I do. He directed a, a small independent film that I love <laughs> yeah, called Buckaroo Banzai, Banzai. And he wrote another great never heard of it. Small, fi- small film from the 80s called Big Trouble in Little Chat. Yes, I've of, also never so heard of that. He also wrote an excellent film called Stealth. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the greatest human <gasps> yes. beings on the planet no, no because he was involved in the creation of two of the greatest movies ever hey, made, dude. Big Trouble in Little Chat. And I, and I, yeah, he also wrote Dracula, the, the 1979 Dracula. He did. He did, he did the yeah. John Badham yeah. Franklin yeah. Which is fantastic. Yeah. Alright, so moving on to the Mangler because Next. I guess I have to be the one to talk about the Thank God. Oh, thank God you. This is a nineteen ninety five. This one. was all you two too. years two years you after did. the masterpiece Gosh. of Needful Things, Stephen King and Toby Hooper unleashed on us. Toby Hooper, <laughs> the, the the genius behind Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And, and more, that's about it. And more importantly, Life Force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it, u- it used all of the special effects from Life Force, I thought. Um, <laughs> this is based on the least likely Stephen King short story to ever be adapted into a film what? by the same name. Real quick, how many times was that lightning effect used in these Stephen King movies? How many all times? The what? The lightning effect. Uh, uh, 100%. Like, literally, you touch one thing, lightning shocks your hands, and you find and also, the least likely mediocre to bad Stephen King adaptation to get sequels. It got multiple sequels. sequels. Yeah, three movies, yeah. Yeah, just like, what? The Mangler has a So sequel? what's the plot to make that, right, Chris? So the plot is, there's a giant old school laundry service in this town. It's owned by Robert England, Freddy Krueger, of course. He's in old age anyway. makeup, despite the fact he was only a few years away from looking like that anyway. Um, uh, I mean, let's face it, it's true. And uh, the problem starts when his niece cuts herself on a lever, connects to the machines, and splashes blood, and then things start happening. More and more people are affected by this machine, start being hurt, until somebody is actually sucked into this old-school, giant, creepy-looking laundry machine and totally flattened into a, a bloody pulp. As it becomes clear... As the movie goes on, the machine is in fact infected by the devil, or a de- a devil, and requires blood sacrifice, and that Robert England <laughs> is the owner of it, not only knows about it, but this is a long tradition that's been going on. I, I love I'll tell you what else is long is this summary of the you know movie. I love that it makes it seem like there's a plot to this movie. <laughs> Uh, Buffalo Bill is the cop trying to solve Jeez, the situation. The, the, the great Ted Levine, Levine, who is a really good actor. Shouldn't it have been Gary Busey playing the same <laughs> character from Silver I Bullet? Would, I wish Gary Busey would have been his neighbor. No, I wish Gary Busey was the mangler. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> big his mouth, oh just chewing you up. Is that it? Can we? I mean, the, no, because the, I want to defend this movie as being one of those movies that is, yeah, it's trash. That knows it's trash. No, I it's not. It's not that. That. It tried to be more. It tried to be more. I don't agree with the self awareness. That's disagree. the problem with the movie. I agree. Um, unlike Maximum Overdrive, which was hilarious, this movie and awesome and, and awesome. This movie yeah. is fucking terrible. <laughs> like the acting is so bad in this movie. Robert England, everything is so over the top. And they don't have I a don't movie know, to be like, in. Yeah, I don't exactly. 
know who the damn director was. It's Toby Hooper. Oh, <laughs> she directed Texas Chainsaw and Life Force. Arguably, maybe Poltergeist, but probably not. Okay, real quick. Well, hold on, hold now on, on. Let, me, let, me finish, let me finish my thought. But Toby, like, <laughs> it, I felt like he was, like, maybe too much into Dick Tracy at the time. Like, there was just these over-the-top prosthetics. The whole entire scene That's was, why I, I like wish it. that was in this movie. That's Everything why I, I, like I wish this, that was this movie. No, he would... No, oh. this movie... Did you guys, by the way, did you guys watch this on Hulu? Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. So oh, yeah. apparently Hulu did not have the the. There's a bad. There's a bad. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I not. I watched the Hulu version too, but apparently there is a shockingly bloodier version. No, it doesn't no, matter. It doesn't okay, matter. It wouldn't matter. Hold up. Because it could be the missing matter. twenty minutes of the magnificent Amberson, <laughs> and it would still be the worst thing I've ever seen Even in my life. I thought it was. Pretty brutally graphic when it got That's actually yeah. the one thing I that I like about this film is that it's super gory. Okay. And I like the gore. I'm a, I'm a gore whore. Was there and gory? I it was super gory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was I mean Just when no, it's a gore whore? Which is yeah. awesome. I wanna point hey, be that, who you are, patience. Be who you I are. I wanna point out that I didn't say that. I didn't point that either. <laughs> I respect women. I, I'm pretty sure our listeners already know that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I lo- like when Robert England gets folded oh at the God, end. Come on, that was amazing. I so don't care. So real quick, this is again what I'm talking about. You put Stephen King's name on something, you make a piece of shit, you make money. Uh, and this is kind of one of those things where I'm like, I'm watching this movie and I'm like, it's not fucking good at all. And I get that like, and the thing that I, okay, real quick, the whole like, Oh, it's bad to be bad. You don't put like a labor no, sets you free bad. sign sorry, in your background. That's a direct like ripoff of like the Auschwitz sign and like trying to make social commentary. But yet you make a movie that bad. Wait, there is social commentary. No, no, no. no, no. Oh, for sure. That that's social commentary. Yeah, the, the for sure there is. Labor will set you free. I think it's insinuated that this tradition of feeding the mangler you don't put the you don't ties all the way back to the Nazis. You don't that put the Auschwitz sign with a bunch of people working yeah. in your fucking shop. I don't yeah. agree. I don't agree. You, you're telling me that those people weren't I like slaves? Was, I think it was... No, they were, but I think it was a, a I, misintentioned, campy take of the idea I mean, that this... You this don't do that. Toby so Hooper is a very... This was the 90s, so not this is a simpler time. No, that this evil family has been going back, doing this ritual... Feeding this machine, yeah. going past, Decades. going into Auschwitz and beyond. I think that was the insinuation. Eh. I don't think it's social commentary. Eh. I think they're just saying eh. this it's... family's been doing this for. I a think long once time. you introduce Auschwitz, once in you introduce Auschwitz and people commentary. working in an environment yeah. that looks like you're in a concentration camp, it, it bugs me. And then you handle it in that way. And to me, I was turned off the entire time. Didn't like it. I thought it was shot poorly. I thought the art direction no. was comical. I felt like it was a stage play. I thought it was like if uh, Jean-Pierre Jeannot like had like you know <laughs> law, like been hit by a truck and been put in a coma and came back half and the man. Will, that sounds like a I movie will, I'd want to like, see. Seriously, yeah. and I'll reiterate my statement. I liked Alien Resurrection. Alien Resurrection, so. it's fine. It, I'd watch it any time over this. This was something that like I mean, it felt like it was trying to be more than what it was. And it was oh, trying to be intelligent. I, I really and don't it, think it's really tried not, at all, honestly. No, no, I, I is a strong. It, it had to have. It had to have. Summers. And the thing is, 
To- is it Toby or Tobey? Toby. Do you call him Tobey? Toby. I'm calling fuck you. I'm calling him Toby. I don't give a fuck. Whatever. Toby. You're Toby now. His mama called him Toby. We're calling Toby. I'm not calling you Toby. Toby. He's not calling Toby. I'm calling Toby. You guys are crazy. Anyway. This is the Citizen Kane of completely unforgivably awful. You don't actually think that. Chris, you're just not a hill you want to die on. You're just throwing bombs. Like, seriously, you don't actually believe that. Other than Texas Chainsaw, he just has like a huge thing. This is my last, my last. Yeah, finish your thought. Even Texas Chainsaw isn't that good. It's just gory before gore existed. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I don't want to tangent on that. It's gore before gore existed. We already, we already on talked on about not this. Touch. Hey, let's see their story. Hey, they pick up a hitchhiker. Hey, they go over here. Okay. Oh, hey, he tortures not, people okay. and they eat them. Oh, okay, we're not, we already we're not not torture porn. No, you're derailing stuff. Not everybody at the same final time. Final girl episode. Not everybody at the same time. So Don't talk about us. Wait, okay, so real quick, this is all I want to say. First off, it's very confusing. The mythology of the movie. Okay. No, no, no. First off, I want to be real clear with full disclosure. I didn't finish this fucking movie. Yeah, okay, so wait, wait, wait. The Summer Spoilers did not finish this movie. We had a conflict. We like to enjoy our life. And (laughs) this movie, we, we got about. We got a good 30. Yeah, yeah, 40. Yeah, we were. No, no, we were longer than that. And at a certain point, I said. I, I love this podcast and and I and I want I want to be fair to this movie. This movie does not. I'm not going to finish this movie. And I, it doesn't. It didn't deserve to be finished. I think it's not really a great film. First off, I mean that said, I still think it's better than Needful. Films. I agree. I agree. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah no, I totally no, I agree. do. I, I do because I think there. We have listen, a discussion I, at Listen, time. I, I will say this. I will say this as far as. So bad it's good. You can make an argument of that for this film, and I and I think that there is more personality, more intention, more interesting things going on in the Mangler. I mean, I will say this: it is very clear. I that this is the director of Life Force. It is not clear that it's the director <laughs> of Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Poltergeist or Poltergeist. Poltergeist did not make but, this. But it is. But it is. But it is very clear it's the director of Life Force. It's all over the place. Shit is weird. It doesn't make sense in any real thing. And and there's a there's weird There's no cause and effect in there's this no, movie. There's no and there's a weird scenes from scene to scene do not necessarily add up. Everything there, you're saying is right. And yet No, and I agree, but Chris, what I'm going to say is you there's like, a weird first of all, who would work in this place? <laughs> OSHA would be all over this place. It doesn't wait, make wait, any are sense. Are you applying like real life rules to the mangler? And the answer is sort of. By saying this sort of. is absurd. But, but, okay, but, but 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 I don't want to use that as a, as a reason to excuse everything Thank that you. doesn't totally make sense in the movie. Yeah. And I also think, look, let's be clear about this. This is a movie about <laughs> a giant haunted laundry machine. No, but it's not even the real spirit. Apparently, comes from it's a from a weird, weird refrigerator like box weird that's tube. over here, and then that, that Ted Levine gets in a car accident with. Yeah, and then, and then he's got a weird friend that lives next to him, like, and they both wear trench coats, and even though it's obviously <laughs> summer. And they wander around <laughs> talking to people about stuff that doesn't make any sense. They go to weird people's houses. Right oh my god! But I it's love true. You so much. It's true. You've seen the Holy movie. Holy shit! That trench coat fucking bothered the shit out of me. At one point, he gets a cot in his car door, and I was like, "Was that on accident?" No, that was totally fucking I on like accident. The point out as well, a weird sort of like 
Why did you do that? <laughs> I mean, the whole movie the is filled Robert with that. England is in it. That the in like, in like guy, makeup too. The they they gave him makeup. Who has no reason for him to be Shay, a younger Shay, Shay, guy? Picture man. Yeah, no reason for him to be a younger oh, guy playing him. The, the guy, the like, guy taking pictures. Yes, who's wearing a fedora His and a pretty Picture look, man. I don't know if anyone in our what audience has seen this movie. I hope that they haven't. I hope that they've lived their lives and been very happy. But. Fucking everything dumb. you're talking about, like if you could, everything Which is to say if you've seen it, your life is worse, nothing right? in this. No, movie. listen, Only listen. Here's my it. review of the Mangler. It's, it's better than Needful Things. Yeah, and that's it. It's that's not, all I'm gonna say. Chris Cox we weren't bored. We no, weren't bored. Well, I was not I think bored. we were punished by Needful Things, and I said, Russ, we're not finishing this. Let's move like, on okay. to what I think is actually the best movie we're talking about this week. I hate uh, this movie, which is. 1408. Wow. Who wants to introduce this one and tell the plot? How about doing it? Oh, Phil. Phil. do it. All right. So you agree with me? This I is the agree. Best one of yeah, the man. I, I, I actually yeah. think 1408 is a masterpiece. I really oh, fucking love cool, it. Cool, cool, cool. And Did you uh, see a master. Oh yeah. No, go on. Yeah, yeah. Just tell the plot. Let him yeah. do his thing. So uh, what's his name? Mikhail Hastroff. Uh, Hofstroff? Hofstrom? Hofstrom? Yeah. Hofstrom? With that many accent grobs, I have no fucking Hofstrom. Anyway, um, look at that. That guy's got like. Two different, completely different accent marks over his letters, and are we're like, we, we displayed our ugly Americanness. Go on, tell, tell <laughs> them. If it's an A with two dots over it, you have to pronounce it as a Z. I pronounce it as Motley Crue. <laughs> so, anyways, um, the plot is about uh, John Cusack. I don't know his character's name. Uh, he is a guy who doesn't believe Mike. Mike. Mike Enslin. There it is, right there. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't believe that, like, you know, uh, ghosts exist and supernatural exist, but yet he does, uh, he's a writer and travels the country, um, viewing historically haunted places. And in that journey, he's even more, uh, displeased by not finding it. And you have a backstory that his daughter died at an early age of cancer and that he left his wife because he couldn't deal with it. And, uh, you have him get a uh, postcard to check into the Dolphin Hotel in uh, New York City. And while in there, uh, he wants to check in room 1408. They tell him he can't. Lost because multiple di- people have died there. Yeah, multi- 56. Well, yeah, 56. And uh, with him could be 57 people have died there. And uh, he goes, well, you know what? I appreciate the whole scare and banter. and It'll get you more, uh, more guests if I write a good review about it. So he stays there anyway. And bad shit happens. But the cool thing about this story is, I mean, I never read the short story, but in the movie, it's absolutely genius how they tie in all these nuances that you just don't even expect they should tie in. Like the number 13 is tied in the movie at least like 25 fucking times. How you can find the devil so many times. Because it's never just the number 13. No, you have to do math. It's things adding up to 13. Yeah. Over and over and over and over. As 1408 does. And the cool thing about the story as well is it goes through every stage of grief in order from denial, anger, depression, bargaining, and acceptance all in order. And you see him go through that. I mean, the movie's smart. I mean, the the numbers add up. uh, The whiskey. Kubler Ross's five stages of. Yeah, that's the thing. They go through the five stages of grief. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Like through that, and and then like you said, fourteen oh eight adds up to it. The movie runs 
at 1.44.08, and it is exactly 104 minutes and 8 seconds long. Oh, yeah, this movie's intelligent beyond, like, oh, get out. And you've got, like, the whiskey bottle he gets from Samuel L. Jackson in English literally translates to, uh, like, the 57 deaths, and there's only been 56 in the room, and he could be 57. Yeah. Um, he tells the receptionist, my room is on fire. He dies by a fire. The room, the room... The room don't, is on. Yeah, there you go. No, don't, don't even. Yeah, yeah, just stop. Thank you. Okay, get this. When he calls the uh, the guy to fix the thermostat, he goes, tap the mercury. It's 1408 is how many hours it takes in a day on mercury. Like, the the movie is very self-aware. And he taps the mercury and makes it, you know, work again. And I dig a movie that spends that much time developing story and plot and thematics. And I have to applaud it because... You know, it was a short story that Stephen King only wrote based on, like, a uh, how to revise a screenplay thing in a book he was going to publish. Yeah. That's a cool writing. story. On yeah. writing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it started as him, like, going, okay, well, I'll just come up with something. And wrote it as, like, okay, so I just wrote this. Now here's how you revise the first draft. And then later went, it's yeah, a good story. Like that idea. Like Stephen King, who goes to the grocery store and sees, like, a bug running across the floor and goes, oh, I've got an idea for four novels. For you sure. <laughs> And and to me, like, that was the cool part about this story was it had so many layers to it. It wasn't simple. The DP is fantastic. He went on to shoot uh, um, the uh, Stephen Hawking's movie, uh, uh, Good God, the one that won the Oscar. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, theory of everything. Yeah, I mean this DP yeah. is fantastic. He's shooting behind things, inside microwaves, inside refrigerators, inside alarm clocks. This guy's putting cameras fucking everywhere. And it was really cool, and uh, John Cusack is fantastic. And I actually, it was my favorite movie I saw of the entire thing, with Cujo being second. This was one of my favorite horror movies of the year came out. I loved it. I, I really liked it getting deep inside the head of this guy who was this cynical, you know, who's very much like me who, in that way. It's like, I don't believe in any of the shit, but I'm really kind of obsessed with it at the same time, which mm-hmm. is very much me. I love reading about hauntings and, and possessions and all this stuff. I love reading about it. I don't believe in any of it, but there's that part of me that really wishes it was all true. And I get this character. I really identify with him. And him going into the situation where it's like, guess what? It's all real, and now you're going to be punished for the things that you've done in your life. I was like, wow, this felt almost personal watching yeah, this movie. I, I agree with her. I think with Cusack being so great with like and I love being the guy who has to deal with his own faults in such an immediate way, I think is a, a, a terrific a, automatic Cusack role. You're just like, it's a high fidelity as a horror movie, you know? 100%. The guy going back and going like, fuck, I totally didn't even think about what Just, an just by like virtue that. of him even being in the film. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, I my only complaint here is I think some of the CG is a little overdone and a little silly. Some of the, the like, I think it's a little too much into the whole, oh, look at all the ghosts that in the room in before being a little too silly, where I'm looking, where I kind of would have preferred why they, I, I would have liked a more naturalistic point of view. It is a fakey-looking film yeah, in a lot of ways. But overall, I was into this. Um and keep in mind, if you've seen this film, you may not have seen the exact same version everyone else has seen. 
There's four different endings. There's four different endings yeah. that are widely spread across what? streaming yeah. devices and DVD releases. And countries. It, it really depends on where you are and where you saw it, which ending of this film you've seen. Wow. Which I think I it needs. I was not aware I of was it. completely unaware. Yeah, there's, there's it's four not like, radically different he, endings. He lives yeah. in two other, of the other endings. Yeah. yeah, in two of them he doesn't. Yeah, and, and both those, even those, both those two endings are drastically different from each other. It's... An odd way to release a film, quite frankly, but the studio was very split on what was the right way to to handle that ending. And, and the I test prefer, audiences. I definitely prefer the versions where he lives. I think I, the version where he doesn't is kind of like, okay, so what the was the point of, of all that? I agree 100%. Like, I, I wish you I disagree 100%. Uh, I, all right, so. I did not like this film. What? I know. I, I'm going to be the odd man out on this one, uh, especially since... Whoa, I I know. Whoa, man. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, I found this film to be so incredibly boring. The first time I watched it, it was it was better this time. The first time I watched it, I hated it. This time when I watched it last night, I was like, oh, okay. It wasn't as bad as I remember it being. But I was just so bored. I felt like John Cusack talking to himself for two fucking hours was just like... Something I would watch in person yeah, on stage. I agree. <laughs> I'm into that. Yeah. <laughs> Not my cup of tea. There was some pretty great special effects. We get the whole, like, oh, my daughter's dead thing. But, like, I just... <laughs> Sorry, it's an easy I mean, thing to like get yeah, over. I mean, you guys, you guys know yeah. me, right? Like, my ten-year-old daughter died right? of cancer. Dead. Get over yeah. it. Get oh my god! Will you stop talking about it already? Um, no, I just, I just was bored. I really was bored. Wow. I thought that John Cusack is like a bottle episode of a television show, like John Cusack talking to himself for two fucking hours. It mm-hmm. was just, I. After the first half an hour, the one part I did like was like a throwback from, I believe we talked about that before. Was it Cat's Eye? Where the, he goes out on the ledge? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fucking Which, terrifying. Yeah, it feels like maybe it's a throwback. Maybe it's just a coincidence. Yeah. I, I feel like Stephen King has very reoccurring themes. He does. And going out on the I ledge, mean, I think it was Cat's it's Eye. It's very... Stephen King. Idea. Uh, yeah, and I just that was part was really super terrifying. That and but it ain't my baby. That, <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, I was frankly, I I'm over Samuel L. Jackson. I'm sorry, Samuel L. Jackson fans, but I am so wow. over him as an actor. And but even in this movie, he was like trying to tell him. Everything he said was he like, was I am saving your life. He was very subtle for Samuel L. Jackson, that's for sure. It's a, um, it's a cool but, part and a cool character, right? Yeah, I, I, just, I actually it, thought this movie could have used more Samuel L. Jackson. I agree. I, I wish he would have showed back up. I think like, that's the best part. Of I it. They am used him just enough. super glad that I am like the bad guy right now, finally. So, you, so you did not like this movie at I, all. I oh. did not care By for this By the way, movie. the two of them appeared again in another Stephen King. So, Which, has anyone here actually seen? Yes. Oh, you all saw it? I heard it was terrible. I've seen it. Uh, I thought it, it was, is not terrible. The first I read the book. Very I've, I've heard a lot of bad things about the novel. I read the book. But the, the, the book movie, was okay. I like the, the movie itself. Yeah, I, the I think first half is it's pretty watchable for like a B movie. Yeah, it's, and it's kind good. of clear that that uh, they ran out of money and they really they, they ran out of ideas. They just kind of shut. You there know, is no third act really. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it doesn't really build to a third act, but. 
I thought we. I think we just watched it on VOD, and I was like, "Oh, cool! They finally made Cell. Let's check it out." First half's pretty good. Second half starts to drag, and then the end is just kind of a disappointment. But well, like a lot of skink things. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that it's. I don't know how. I think they changed the ending even. But um, as far as fourteen oh eight, I saw this in the theater. Uh, I have. I don't know that I've totally rewatched it until now. And uh, yeah, me too. I was like, I saw it in the theater. Really liked it. Yeah, really. I remember really liking the theater, going, being like, "Whoa." I can't wait to watch this again and just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah. Um, That's weird because I liked it better the second time. And I, I, it, I was surprised watching this um, how much I liked it watching it the second time. First off, the director, I feel like um, he's not a person that I... He directed a couple big movies. He directed Derailed and he's directed some TV. But um, he wasn't... For a second there, I feel like Hollywood was kind of giving these big movies... They gave him this one. He's not a horror director, or maybe even a person you think would maybe like has horror elements. Where let's give him a horror movie. He's directed a lot of horror movies. Uh, really? Yeah. Evil. Well, he has gone on to. Yeah, right. He did the right now. Yeah. Escape Plan, which the is right horrible. Is amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, I but the right. but derailed. So when he gets this movie, um, he has a very unusual style. It does not feel like a lot of movies. No. There's some really interesting, weird close-ups, like keys going into doors that I, are, like, I feel like macro. That, that strange foreign style really adds it, it to that does. sense of displacement. There's a, there's a great deal of zooms in this movie, yeah. which isn't an effect a lot of people use, except very specifically. And the camera's zooming a lot. Um, it's very uneasy. It almost feels like kind of late 70s, early 80s technique. And even, like, over, there's a lot of overheads. A lot of um, unusual camera angles, and the movie has a surrealist quality to it. It feels very yeah. dreamlike. It's very strange. You don't really feel like it's grounded in reality. And I don't know how much of that is purposeful, how much of that is just because they had to shoot on set, which they obviously are, but there's an incredible um, structural uh, 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 gamble in this movie where the movie resets itself at a certain point. And you're not sure, is this real? Is this not real? What's happening? And then he plays with that. And I, and I feel like this director really knew what to do with it in an unusual way. I don't know that he's maybe the, the exact guy, but he made an interesting movie. Cusack is great. I think this may be his last giant movie star role. Yes. He I don't know that he's really... In the film. I'll give he it He is an actor that I really do love. And I feel that in some ways he is skeptical of the movies he is in. And sometimes you can feel that in his performances. This is one of the last movies where I feel like that plays into the character in a really amazing way. And watching him be skeptical, is this real, is this not real, what's happening to me, is very um, exciting and interesting and plays into the horror of the film. Um, uh, Jackson's great. He's not in it a lot, but I feel he has one of the best roles like for that in a movie where he's kind of the guy who's like this is what may happen in neverland are you ready are you prepared for what's next so i really like that um overall though actually there's a couple of really genuinely scary moments in this movie yeah i was gonna say there, there's, there's a moment where he looks really across great he looks across cut, yeah. the to the other building and someone starts to mirror his actions. Oh, yeah, And it's yeah, very yeah. creepy and weird. But where that goes. And where that's that, really amazing. Even before that, I'm just like, what's happening? And I feel unsettled by the film. And I think the movie pays off its themes. I feel very satisfied. 
The ending is a little weird. I don't know if it's the most satisfying ending. You can ending. see why they kept rethinking the ending. Yeah, I just feel like it it's very Stephen King 100%. in that, like, it sort of builds and you're like, what is the oh, ending? Do I give these people a happy ending? unlike other Stephen King adaptations, like, he sucks at endings, people. That's just but the name of the game. Occasionally he nails it. And I think this one comes close. I was satisfied. It, it definitely has the, did it really happen kind of ending? Like, you know, whatever thing. But I was kind of... I don't feel, you don't you feel like I assume you saw the ending where he lives? Yeah, and I'm like I kind of want to see what happens next to this guy. I feel like this is I just think, the but I feel like the movie traffics in ambiguity and false starts in such a way that nothing in the movie can be trusted. That you're not in the room and the room is fucking with you. Yeah. So no matter what ending they have, it's all called into question. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? It's not so much an unreliable narrator. Narrator is an unreliable room. Right. Hey, it's an evil fucking room. Yeah. Which, by the way, if I remember, is the best line in the movie. The audience lost their shit. Yeah, no, it's just uh, an evil fucking room. Uh, Well, I was just going to say, one of the things I like about the Cusack performance is that Cusack really feels like a writer. Uh, He has a lot of rituals and routines, and he has a process, and uh, and that is part and parcel of what's going on within the narrative of the movie. So I I really enjoyed that about the movie. Um, the stuff with his uh, his his little kid and his past, a little overwrought. Um, it definitely was some of the stuff that it's good, but it's, it's a little on the nose, and it kind of took me out of the movie. Um, uh, Bill's sitting here just nodding his head, he like just, going, "Fuck you!" and I, everything. He's, he's like, he's like, your life me. means nothing to me. Just well, give me a little well, bit of it. There's a, yeah, I lost my daughter cancer. Yeah, too, me on. Whatever. It's a little much, but I do she's feel dead. like... Get she's dead. I walked there's out a, on my wife no, going to buy not, a pack not, of cigarettes. It's not what it is, it's how they play it's, it. It's a little on the Same nose. Same with his dad. But, but I do think there's a scale to the movie, there's a budget to the movie that you don't feel in a lot of other Stephen King adaptations, um, regardless of the fact that it's kind of a single location. So I do feel the, the movie benefits from that. Uh, as far as it is kind of an elevated horror film. Um, yeah, it, it was it's, it's it was class. interesting. I remember listening to a podcast. Hey, with unlike so, the other Stephen King things, it's classy as fuck. It's so classy. It's very so, classy. you guys liked this movie, right? Yes. I, this is such okay. a this is I such a good I'm, movie. I'm the, I'm the and last it's, fan out on this. But it's one, it's so. good on a lot of levels. So I mean, much, it's good as a horror movie, but I also think it's good as a as a film. It has a, a lot of really good dialogue. I wish it had Stephen King's name on it. Just take it off and just make it a fucking movie stand on its own. It would work. Hey, hey, haters gonna hate. Haters gonna hate because Night Flyers next. And then you'll see why. I'm going to defend Nightflyer. Oh, my God. I, did you okay, not so like wait. Nightflyer? Do we have anything else to say, Russ? No, I think... Well, I, I did want to say it was an interesting point. Um, I remember listening to... Uh, so, uh, a couple of... Uh, or, I should say, a few really good writers uh, are credited with the screenplay for this movie. Um, Matt... Is it Matt Greenberg? Matt Greenberg and Scott Alexander and, and Larry... St- and, like, Karaszewski, who are more famous for doing the... the, the Super cool biopics really like Man of the stuff. Moon or Le People vs. Larry Flint. So they, so they did a really uh, great, I think, job adapting the movie. I think the script is really good. And one of them made an interesting point that the producer had said that he had produced I don't know how many films. And he said this is the first film he ever produced that didn't have any rules. And uh, I think in a lot of other films, that would be a knock. Yeah. That that the movie, especially in horror films, that the movie didn't adhere to its own rules. But I think that there is a sense in this film that anything could happen, and that's why the danger feels so specific and scary in this movie. You're watching this film trying to decipher its rules. Because as you're becoming aware, like this character, 
Okay, you I, go in going like, okay, none of this is real, but then you realize it is, and it does have a set of rules, but it's incredibly hard to figure out what they are. I think that's I, the see, point. And, well, I think in a lot of other movies, a, a, that would be lazy, and it would be a way to uh, get around getting the movie to do whatever you want. Why does hell need rules? I, I mean, and does, no, and I agree with cool. you. That's and why that's I think this movie does a good cool, job of it. But in a sense, it has structure. In a sense, like, you have an hour, and the clock resets, but and shit know, goes but down. And, and I think also, I think that a real problem in horror films is that ambiguity gets drained out of the movie. Yeah. And the once fi- it does, once, you once it does, well, I think there's a, there's an idea that that everything needs an explanation, and I don't know that in horror movies everything needs yeah, a goddamn this movie is explanation. Very cool with not explaining itself, but in a good way, yeah. not in a lazy way. Yeah, and I saw what the problem I had with this movie is oh, the a- the amb- ambiguity was <laughs> because not because you have a vagina, isn't it? Oh my god! Uh, it just went I just thought wow. because I thought because, that I thought because if we were more wow. popular, the internet would say it at some point, <laughs> so we can address it now. Yeah, and go, that's, that's not that's no. Good that point. has so. no. You know, you know what I love. Well, let about me tell you something. Vagina I, is very comfortable with ambiguity. I, right? Whoa! That's what I know. Sure. <laughs> I prefer a vaginal response. Honestly, <laughs> but, but real quick, but, but things have gone amok. Let's allow patients <laughs> to have our answer. I really just think that if this movie was like twenty minutes shorter. Yeah. It would be a better movie. Well, if this movie were 20 minutes shorter. It drags on way too long. You like Firestarter. That, you. Bro, that is a compliment and not a knock. (laughs) So, okay, real quick. You always agree with me except for this one time. You you accused her of liking Firestarter. So, real quick. (laughs) What I liked about the movie was John Cusack is Is every. He's a great actor. Great actor, but his character is every human being. Who has intelligence who watches horror movies? Oh, I get it. The uh, janitor's doing this, or the busboy's doing That's right. that. Or, That's and, actually and, a really and, good point. And, and he, he, he's, he's literally giving he you reasons the for surrogate why. to a T. 100%. And I love how he puts words in Samuel L. Jackson's mouth. You know, uh, manager says it's the Phantom. He goes, oh, I never said that shit, motherfucker. Yeah. I said this, that, and the other, and that room's fucking evil. Yeah. And I love how every time he tries to put words in there, tries to make it a horror movie, tries to make it a horror story, Samuel L. Jackson comes back and goes, no, it's just evil. I thought John Cusack and I love was that about this movie. the best part of this I, movie. Every uh, part about it works. It's mainly John Cusack, but like, I love that he says... Where's the ice-chilling terror and the rivers of blood? And then he actually has ice-chilling room where the room turns frozen and blood coming down the hall. Him fighting with the mini-fridge was clearly... Experience we all had. (laughs) For sure. They're so expensive. I had that last night. All right, let's do the night flyer. I think think outside of patience, I would recommend this probably higher than any other movie on the list. I think I'm the only holdout. I'm the only holdout. Um, All right, so, Rob, you were like me. You actually... Enjoyed for what it's worth, the Night Flyers. So oh. I want you to do the enjoy. I liked Night Flyers. So, um, Night Flyer is actually a fairly obscure Stephen King adaptation, and Very it's somewhat obscure. of a weird outlier. I mean, I just feel like it's not, it doesn't feel like his other uh, work, but it's basically uh, about a uh, reporter for a sort of trashy National Enquirer type magazine who gets wind that there is. Um, a possible, I don't even know when he figures it out, like a, like a, a killer who is flying into these smaller airports and, um, taking out, uh, the people who sort of work there. And he believes there may be a supernatural element or something going on there, which he doesn't believe. He's skeptical. He's very similar, actually, to the Cusack character. He's, he's this sort of skeptic and this sort of, um, cynic who, uh, uh, doesn't believe what's going on, but he's also a pilot. 
which I think is kind of interesting. Anyways, um, this adaptation should suck. Like, I just think it's basically a Tales from the Crypt episode, and... Um, which it looks like, cinematic. It does, it does. Um, yeah, I'm not going to defend this film on a technical level. Oh, yeah. like a film I'm not, but I'm also not going to disparage it on a technical level, because I do feel like great movies often come down to one or two things, and that is good writing and good acting. And while I think the third act of this film gets a little abstract, doesn't totally pay off or work, I think generally this is a pretty sharp script. It's not maybe great, but it's good. It's a good B-movie. It's smart. There's shit going on. There's mystery. There's character. Things pay off. And, and it has Miguel Ferrer. Who is amazing. And one of the I, most I, which I was about fun to say. performances. Yeah, and which I was about to say. From uh, 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 B. So great writing and great acting. And Miguel Ferrer and all the, almost all the performances in this movie are good. Uh, Ferrer is great. I think he's always great. I yeah, mean, I love sure. him in Robocop. I love him in Revenge. I mean, I think he's a. If you're not watching Twin Peaks right now, he essentially is Sheriff Charmin. And, and real Can quick, and real quick have a drink. No. <laughs> and have a drink. He passed away in January of throat cancer. Indeed, he did. Oh, shit. Uh, I don't yeah, think any of us so, uh, that. You know, I did not know. Uh, yeah, that. pour one out, man. Guy's a badass. Uh, and his dad, Jose Ferrer, who was in Cyrano de Bergerac. And Lawrence Arabia. And Lawrence Arabia. That's right. Um. Damn. So yeah, I man. Know that, man. Uh, he's pedigree. So uh, uh, a really unusual. And then what we get to what we get to learn is that possibly that the person that he's pursuing is not just a serial killer or a supernatural serial killer, but a vampire. Um, he's and, got a great shtick. Yeah, and while this should be <laughs> and a beautiful cape. And yeah, while this should be totally stupid. Um, and it really should be. You should be like, oh my fucking I mean, god. On a certain level, it is. It is, but... but it works within the premise of the film. Yeah. And I feel like that's to its strength. So, uh, probably like Phil is arguing well, this, a little bit. This film should be The Mangler. Yeah. It should be kind of a, a really bad, forgotten uh, uh, 90s Stephen King adaptation. Oh, I thought uh, you were going the other way with it. Saying The Mangler could have been at least this decent. <laughs> Uh, you, you like the Mangler more than this one? No, I like this more than the Mangler. Right. No, I think this is kind of the Rosetta Stone movie of all the Stephen King movies. Like, it's that movie that should have been better than it is and had more attention paid to it. I love the idea. There's a news reporter who works for a weekly world news type thing the in tablet. a world oh, of yeah, Stephen like King the Daily Mail where all that shit. shit that happens in the weekly world news is actually real. There's you know, where so that shit really happens. many references has, to other Stephen King. Yeah, they, they, there are a lot of like, Easter eggs I mean, in the movie. They, it's ridiculous. They, they go to the, 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 you see a bunch of titles of their previous issues. Spring Heel Jack Strikes Again is referring to Strawberry Spring, as a Stephen King story. Headless Lamaze Leads to Successful Birth refers to the breathing method. Great. Kitty cultists in Kansas worship creepy voodoo god refers to children (laughs) of the corn. Satanic shopkeeper sells gory goodies refers to needful things. Boo! (laughs) Boo! Naked demons leveled my lawn refers to lawnmower man. Ultimate killer diet. Gypsy curse flays fat lawyer's flesh refers to thinners. And and so on. And so on. It refers to dairy where it turns place. It features a scene where the characters talk about a school teacher, school teacher who murdered a group of five-year-olds because she thought they were plotting against her, which is That's, from uh, the story "Suffer the Little Children." It Richard Dees, it was the protagonist here, also appears in the Dead Zone, where he is the guy, the, the guy that Ferrer is playing. He tries, he's the guy who tries to to uh, interview 
uh, Johnny, the psychic. He's like, if you watch the movie, he's that the name of that so character. So many Dead Zone tie-ins today. Oh, I know. Uh, Makes you wonder if you was sober during Dead Zone and just goes, you know what, I'm going to tie everything into that. Right. <laughs> and uh, also, uh, Stephen King has said that he thinks the vampire from Popsy is the same vampire. And I actually here. looked up Popsy, and I've read that short story a, a dozen times, and I'm pretty sure it's definitely the Night Flyer. That's the thing, I'm kind of like... Like, you know they're doing that new show Castle Rock that's supposed to tie everything together and I'm kind of like I'm super I excited I kind of wish they would just take this character and make him the primary oh. element make it a a, a, Stephen, a Stephen King <laughs> investigative reporter show in a world where all this Stephen King shit happened going Maine is ground zero for the fucking I would Stephen watch that King. I would watch that I totally agree um, you know? but 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 can I just say, I feel like the Night Flyer, in, in a certain uh, sense, lives up to the promise of that premise. Like, that idea of the the tabloid reporter investigating Stephen King-type supernatural uh, events is in this movie. And that's one of the reasons I really – and, you know, obviously, you're going to put Miguel Ferrer, the always great Miguel who's, Ferrer. He's kind of like the precursor to Nightcrawler, in my opinion. That, that's like, what I think, yeah. He's such a fucking piece of shit. And the like, movie, and the movie addresses that in many, in in, <coughs> in in many ways. The the movie's organizing principle of a vampire feeding off the dead is analogous to Miguel Ferrer's sure. character. That's true. Like the the reporter is like a scum sucking piece of shit feeding I mean, off yeah, the corpse, feeding yeah. off the dead. I, I that's a great analogy. The other thing I really liked about this movie, I, I actually did like this movie, um, much to my chagrin, because I went into it with a bad attitude. Had you never like, not I seen this like, before? No, I've seen it before. I feel like every I, review of this movie should start with "I like this movie much to my chagrin." <laughs> much to my chagrin. <laughs> but um, Miguel Ferrer is excellent. He's a great bad guy slash okay guy. He's that, a really good yeah. antihero. Yeah, he's definitely he's, not a good guy. I mean, he's not a good guy, but he's not necessarily a bad guy. And then there's that one pretty girl that's actually married to the director who no one's ever heard from again. Oh, wait, disagree, disagree, wait, wait. disagree. He did do Fender Bender, which is it just a came out last year. It's a low budget film on Shutter. Not great, but if you're looking for kind of like a popcorn movie, it's okay. I, okay. Right, so, just it out there. But but I do think this I mean, film uh, 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 well promised something yeah. more for him. I feel like he could have had a more interesting career. The one and I'm glad to see him I come back. In my notes, real quick, is it says flashbacks. The SBs are gonna fucking love this film because you guys love flashbacks. Oh, so the SBs, much. the, the SBs? sons of bitches. Sons <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. You and your SB. ghost of Mars flashbacks. You guys have been shortened down to SBs. This feels like disparaging, that. but go this on. This saves me a lot. I don't lot know of... how I became a guy that loves flashbacks. Yeah, because but... you love ghosts of Mars. Okay, so what were you going to say? <laughs> I'm just happy that I've saved some Man. souls. Man. That's all. Um, this, again, falls under the whole thing where it's like, there probably could have been 50 other scripts that were better than this to make, and you put Stephen King's name right. on a short film, and you put it together, and, oh, look, we all love it now. I said it's a running theme with films yeah, critique. Know, but, 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 it's King. not that. It's half a good fucking movie. It's half a good movie. And I get that I like the premise that there's a vampire who has to use a plane to fly around. That's cool. That's interesting. I've seen that before. And, I mean, I like the fact that Miguel Ferrer, he's fantastic in it. And uh, 
I like that he's a son of a bitch and he literally is a vampire feeding off the dead. And I find that interesting. But there's so many things about it too where I'm like, just things didn't make, they didn't like add up for me. When I'm watching, I'm like, you know, it's okay. And literally, what, 75, 80 minutes go by and you finally, you know, you get to see the vampire's face. It's, 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 the movie's never scary. No, a lot, a lot, I don't a think lot most of the movies you a watch, lot of Stephen King movies aren't scary. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And so you've got to go. Is it a horror? I mean, there's a vampire. The Fourteen Oh Eight was kind of scary. No. That one, that one had that one. I put that one closer to scary than a lot of his. For other sure. Movies. Yeah. That one and the Silver Bullet are the only two that actually have like scares. Cujo had one. The dog barks at the windshield. When suspenseful. You... <laughs> I think it's suspenseful. Sure. I'm saying a lot of these are not scary. <laughs> I don't agree with that. Like a lot of them aren't scary though. Scary. Okay. Yeah. No, it's not scary at all. But there is that. There's that wonderful sequence where, when it builds up to the final airport, which I really like. I like where that he too. is like, okay, fine, you want me? Here I am. Look at what you brought. Look at what you're witness to. Here it is. Here's every all these people I've sure. brutally murdered, which are, are pretty good effects. The final act cool was looking. pretty good. I really like that whole sequence where he's like, did I really want, was I that desperate to be successful that I really wanted to be this deep into this? I thought that was actually kind of frightening. No, it, w- it wasn't frightening. It was cool. It was interesting. It can be both. No, it, it was I think there was a feeling of dread and weirdness. I, I mean, yeah. I just never felt it when I watched okay, it. That's fair. And I'm watching it and I go, oh, it's cool. It reminds me of a book I read called The New York Graphic and it's about, you know, a tabloid reporter who's a son of a bitch and does horrible things like Nightcrawler and whatnot. It, it was cool. Um, but again, I think it, it benefits from the fact that Stephen King wrote a short story and some guy sucked him off and was like, hey, let me make this short film. <laughs> and then it goes, I'm pretty sure Stephen King damn. doesn't have to suck anybody Still's off. not making since any Stephen King well, where I'm going, soon. And what's interesting is I read an actual article. was it uh, Mike Pavia. Uh, and he was talking to... The a, director of the film? Yeah, the director of the film, talking to Bloody Disgusting. And they were like, well, what happened with your career? Because 19 and a half years went by between Fender Bender and this. And he goes, well, you know, I had a, a film set up and it took three years to get going and something happened with financing and that fell through. And then two more years went on another project and that fell through. And all of a sudden five years go by and you haven't made shit. And they go, what happened to Pavia? Oh, he's cold now. He's not a good director anymore. It's, it's hard to recover from that. And this guy, yeah. like, suffered from that. And, you know, what props to him for – because The Night Flyer is not a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. I would rather see more movies from this guy than a lot of people. I agree, in the last okay. and I'm glad. And I mean, talked about in this cast, yeah, for right. sure. And I'm glad he was able to, like, you know, stick with it. Nineteen years go by and make him the movie, but it's like, I mean, the shitty part of it all is is part of why I don't like Night Flyer is why his career went on hiatus. You make a movie based on, oh, I've got a Stephen King story, and oh, I'm gonna do this and that and the other. Just have the balls to make a fucking cool movie on your own terms. And maybe your career would have gone further faster. Who knows? The guy's got talent, but it's like that movie. I mean, it, 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 it meanders for so fucking long, and it's about a guy who's an asshole. And I promise you, Mikel Ferrer probably ad libbed at least seventy-five fucks in the movie. He just says fuck every other <laughs> fucking line. I, but that's part of what we like about. And it. I, I mean, I, and it, it, is... but I, I like it when I'm watching Usual Suspects. I don't like it when I'm watching the Night Flyer. You're a fucking reporter who flies a fucking plane. I, You're not that cool, dude. I, I You're not that more, cool. But it is interesting what you point out is that most of the directors that we're talking about don't, at least in the movies that we picked, don't go on to make more stuff. Even even Stephen King himself. 
You know, that's, not that's movies, not features. True. Like, which is sort of so like is Stephen, Stephen King, King the director? Well, no, but Seth? Stephen King. They were in the final thoughts. I, I don't want to interrupt. No, no, we, no. But this I isn't think highly suspect we can still do final thoughts. No, but, but we do. But we do want to summarize. Thinking, but what is it about Stephen King? Because I we grapple. Russ and I talked a lot about this. Like, what is it about this guy? Like, when I we have talk the about his movies. To that. Okay, well, his movies aren't that good. He's got five. Okay, his films. Okay, maybe, but you were talking. You were talking about a guy, whether you like him or not, who is a person you will grapple with in horror and science fiction in a way that you don't grapple with almost anybody. Like he, he casts a shadow. We would say the same thing about Edgar Allan Poe if he was alive today. Movies are being made. Also, because you wrote a lot of short stories, (laughs) and people can actually option short stories to make movies out of them, and that's why we do a lot of shitty Stephen King stories. Well, what did you want to say, Patience? Um, I think that the I think that Stephen King brings to the table his characters. He he's not. I mean, he's notorious for not being able to like end a book or end a movie or. And I mean, I'm not talking about his adaptations. I'm talking about Stephen King himself. His characters, for some reason or another, everyone can relate mm-hmm. or identify with or like be like, oh, that's me in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. His characters, his the the idiosyncrasies of the characters, they're all just so they have so much depth. And even in a stupid like 90 minute film like The Night Flyer, you get to know those mm-hmm. characters and who they are as people. They felt forced to me. I, so, but, I just, well, I mean, films, but that's the director's fault. That's films, not Stephen King's fault. That's the director's uh, but no, but, fault. But no, 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 wait. But all of his films, you feel like the characters fall flat. No, 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 no. He's got great films that don't, like Stand By Me. But of all the ones we watched today, the characters don't. Okay. And Shawshank Redemption. And why, why do you think? Why do you think Stephen King is like uh, based on the films that we just watched? If these are the only Stephen King movies you watched. Can, I, I, well, just one last. <laughs> no, no, no. What do you think? That movies get financed with his name above the fucking title. Agreed. Fucking period. It could be the fucking crap shitter. Stephen King's the crap shitter. <laughs> it would get fucking made tomorrow. Well, I feel if like one half ass I feel like that movie was made. It's called John The Mangler. Carpenter, though. Oh, no, like, it was not. Oh, but do you, do you think, that, do you think that they're completely? Was Craven's Dracula two thousand? Okay, exactly. Was Craven, I mean, it's... No, but and, and did that not suck? Yeah, thank sucks. you, my but fucking. But that's not boy. really a Wes Craven movie. He didn't direct it. He didn't write it. Someone else directed but, and wrote it. But that he's movie. absolutely right. Stephen King is used as an excuse to put out shit. Agreed. They, they, they stamp his name on something. I mean, he I mean, Steven Spielberg is a genius, and his name is on some serious. Fucking a lot of times, it's not even Stephen King directly saying yes. He sold a bulk of stuff to some produ- For some company. Sure. And he has no control about, after, about it after that. And even if he did have control, sometimes his stuff's just not good. No, no, agree. He's got great stuff out there. It's like 20% of his stuff is genius. 80% is trash. And the thing is, I just don't like worshipping the 80%. Yeah, if you if I was capable of writing as much completed work as he was, I'd be like, suck me. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You know? <laughs> you can't deny, though, I mean, I don't love... A lot of Stephen King. Like, I don't. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I think I'm this is junk way. or it falls apart. But but sometimes Especially he Especially in the stuff. 90s. He fell apart in the 90s. Sometimes he, he does stuff that's fantastic. There's a lot of Can movies where I was like, I don't want to watch that. that. His like, Coke days were his best days. No, maybe. maybe not. But I mean, like, what was the fucking Mitchinamic cat movie? The fucking... The, oh, God. The what? Sleepwalkers? Sleepwalkers. 
Like, there's a lot of movies where I was like, we're not, we're not watching that. Like, that, that's not a good movie. Did you movie. guys watch that anyway? No. And I then, wanted to put Sleepwalkers on this list right now, I, and you guys would hate I me I was like, no, and the number one already. thing that I, I disagreed with was we cannot put Graveyard Shift on here, because that is probably one of the, like, top five. Because it's clearly so much better than The Mangler. No, it no it's not. not. It's <laughs> not. <laughs> Gra- Graveyard Shift is, like, top five most painful movie-going experiences I can, I can possibly think of. But... Is there a reason we're sitting here talking about this guy's stuff? Like, I mean, like, I really actually enjoyed this assignment. Like, I, I, I Silver Bullet, uh, Maximum Overdrive, Cujo, 1498, uh, Firestarter, Nightflyer. Like, these are movies that I really like. Like, these are movies I would watch even without this show. Like, I would be like, fuck yeah, man, let's watch Russ. We're watching Cujo. And Russ would be like, yeah, let's watch Cujo. Um, the Mangler and, and I feel like Needful Things exemplify what fucking sucks about King. Like, bad adaptations, probably bad source material, maybe Needful thinks is good, I don't know, but it's crap. The Mangler feels like, you know, <laughs> something you wrote when you were fucking high and you were drunk, like, and then there's, like, a laundry machine, and it kills everybody in the whole town. Like, I mean, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> it's terrible. And, and so, to Phil's point, like, yes, like, that is crap. You know, but I mean, like, his command of this medium is 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 something you have to grapple with in pop culture, regardless of whether or not you like it. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's important. It affects everything. It does. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, and, and I think Patience's point is very good, that Stephen King's third acts generally seem to fall apart. Dude, the Tommyknockers and, is, like, one of the worst I, things and, I've and, ever and it's, and, it's, and it's why I think we're interested in what yeah. Kubrick did with The Shining. So that Kubrick was not afraid to say... This doesn't work. Or I'm going to do my own Terrabont thing. with the mist, you know? Or, uh, there, there you go. Uh, don't two, love the mist. Uh, but, but the I'm mist. saying there's two directors right there that stood up to King and go, I'm doing my own way. But, but, but and still, now you've got a great movie his, all of a sudden. But, but are his <laughs> ideas inherently cinematic? <laughs> are his ideas worth making into movies? But who's aren't? I'm no, telling you, there's a million... People fucking have terrible ideas for movies. No, yeah, I'm telling you, there's a million people that have great ideas for movies. The guy literally had a few hits, and then it's just like, boom, boom, boom. Like, there's a lot of short films that just... They make them in the movies just because it has his name, and that's fucking it. And Look, he has junk. I mean, what was the Langoliers? Like, terrible. He has a lot of junk. I still Langoliers. Oh, you would. Get the fuck out of I here. love you, but you Cox, would. What's up, like man? Cox is on a Coke bench right now. Jesus I didn't even Christ. know if he's seen the You got some? <laughs> Cox likes Langoliers and Tommyknockers. I'm no, I'm uh, rage quitting. No I'm rage what about, quitting. But I mean, but I mean, like, like we talked about a lot of things. Like we talked about maybe no. Storm of the Century or Rose Red. Like there were a lot uh, of things. Rose Red was okay, uh, but I know. But my point is, is like uh, we debated his material. Yeah. Because we're like, is this worth watching? Is this worth including? Is this? And and so I don't know that I have a definitive answer. I, I think when you add cinema into the equation of novelist. You pollute the waters. I think had every one of these directors been like a true director, like had Cronenberg directed all of these, we'd have a whole different fucking conversation. Oh, we're gonna if talk Cronenberg about the Cronenberg did the Nightfly, yeah. I'm just throwing out. You're right. I mean, you're right. <laughs> I'm just but, throwing but you that look out. At, like, I mean, but but I feel we like we can't Lewis... treat a writer as like a filmmaker. It's two different media. They aren't. Well, but, uh, yeah, obviously, but but I do think there's that interesting idea that that people get into with with something like. Jaws of the Godfather that there are films that are not necessarily great novels, but they make great movies. And I because think of that great directors. Uh, 
Okay. Fair. You know what? I will totally agree with that. So, but don't those great directors need something to leap off of? I mean, is there no Francis Ford Coppola without Mario Puzo? Is there no uh, uh, Steven Spielberg? I mean, there's there's no Steven Spielberg without Carl Gottlieb. I, yeah, I would say. eventually, or, or Peter B. Eventually, and there's those Stephen King movies without Dino De Laurentiis. Honestly, I mean, he a produced, lot of that is, he produced but I mean, like but I mean, all you, of his. No, but films. you look at. I mean, we didn't talk Plus. about Carrie and and like. Well, you know, because I'm saying, if you, Carrie, if you, we've, we've talked about Christine and Denzel no, but I'm just saying, like, I mean, if you put like, Carrie is one of the undisputed good, but I'm saying, like, but I'm saying, I, I promise you, if you put Dino De Laurentiis on like the integrity scale, he'd be a negative fucking ten. <laughs> I mean, for the money, <laughs> I fucking yeah. promise I mean, he, you. But he made That's junk, that. and then he would inadvertently make great stuff. Yeah. So. He was in it for the money, man. There's a lot of great movies that came out of that system of like. Like, I don't give a fuck, whatever, because the rest of the creators... He made literally all of the movies well, in the 80s and 90s. Well, I, I do think also, I, I think one of the things that's important and one of the reasons we review Stephen King is, it is, as, as much as we can say Stephen King is, for better or for worse... Probably one of the greatest authors of the last fifty years. Absolutely. Ba- back in, you know, for for or at least you know most whether important, and, and I'm sure other important, sure, and I'm sure other people would dispute, you know, what's literature, what blah blah blah, because I'll I'll put Stephen King up against Jonathan fucking Franzen any day of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, but my but is. but my point is is sure. that <laughs> you I don't think you can divorce Stephen King's uh, uh, literary work as significant as it is. From the movies that have been made from well, it. one of the they're, reasons they're, they're, they're very so much popular is because they could make movies. Right, they're very well. much in. They're Absolutely. very much inextricable. And one of the reasons why I pushed so hard for this episode because this is all my fault, listeners. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Don't you dare apologize. I'm, I will can, not. And you can vote for her execution. But one of the reasons why I pushed so hard for this episode was because he is the quintessential horror master like we would writer. not whether you writer. like it or not i mean but the way romero owns zombies literally, like, i mean we we've only what we did eight films today or this week or this month or but we've and how already many of them weren't even horror, how though? many times uh, in our past yeah, episodes are we reviewing a stephen huh. king in a movie, yeah, we, yeah. we did De- we did Dead Zone, we did Christine. Like we are constantly reviewing Stephen he King is, movies. It's part He's, of our conversation. I mean, and we're going to continue to at least as far as horror cinema and yeah. I think he's, I mean, he's not a director, and we usually do director episodes, but he's, he's a director. He's direct one thing. By his own words, he he's is not, not a director. But he's what? definitely I disagree an with Stephen King on that. He is an influence, and there is no getting away from that. We're always going to be surrounded by him, regardless of whether or not we like it. And right, let's wrap I it up. Well, like that's it. That's a good wrap-up point. Listeners, if you have an idea, write them down. You could be the absolutely. next Stephen King. That's Just write lots of shit because yeah. you could be the next Stephen that's King. That's actually, um, please keep like, writing. Tell yeah. us on our Facebook page, Liberations of Doom. What would you like to hear us talk about, or ramble about, or get shitty drunk about? Yeah, let us know on our Facebook page because we'll do it regardless. We will. <laughs> yeah. 
And let, me, I mean, let me once again remind you guys, as I did in the first episode, our very own Phil has a movie, 200 Hours. Oh, God. Yeah. That is, we're trying to get Make Sure Place Fantastic Fest, because we all think it's really, really good. Also written, co-written by Jason Murphy, who a lot of you guys know from Spill.com and Modern Rogue and multiple other things, Rage Select. Uh, email programming at fantasticfest.com and send them a message. We want 200 Hours to play Fantastic Fest. Because that's a thing that we, we all want Phil. Okay. We want Phil. All right. We want Phil. <laughs> all right. Phil, look at him. He's blushing. Yeah, he's he like, really oh, is. you guys. All right, let's no, wrap this up. Um, yeah. All right, that's it. We will be back in... Have we decided what the next episode is going to be? I think be? it's going to be 90s horror 90s. movies. 90s we'll, horror go, movies. Go, we'll go from there. So you guys, we're not doing 90s. These super obvious horror films... We're doing like like ones that we're like also like like uh, we think you guys need to know about this. Just one ones we like. Amazing. I know what you did last summer too. <laughs> we're not talking about that one, no matter right. what I do. Vito. The last thing I do, we will not be a Kevin Williamson film. Yeah. We will not. It's not going to. But keep screaming. Keep screaming. Keep screaming. One of us net has been your one-stop shop for all things geek for years. But there's a side to them many of you have never heard. The subscription side. Subscribe and listen to great podcasts like The Breakfast Pub, The Original Gentleman, and the Watch a Movie With Us series. Head on over to oneofus.net and don't forget your towel.